Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Yeah, but um, how many other people you talk to every day? Yeah, I know, right? So he, um, John Dietrelisi was his name. And uh, so John John started it. He approached me with it. He's like, hey, man, I want you on my show. I'm going to do this show. And, you know, can you help me get sponsors? And I said, sure. And I got Gator Tracks on board, got a bunch of people on board. And uh, he... Um, I show up for the day of the show and this rock cap Rodney's there and I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm here for, uh, it was called backwater outdoors radio. And I said, Oh, you are. He goes, yeah. And I'm like, cool. I'm Sid. I'm going to be on it with you. You (laughs) I never met him, you know? And, uh, and John gets there and he's like, man, I forgot to tell you about it, but he's going to be on, you know, he's going to do our fishing segment. Whatever, man, it's your show. I'm just here having fun. And I drove, I would drive two hours every Sunday to talk one hour on the radio. I did it for about two months. And I finally told him, I said, dude, I ain't doing this no more. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I don't love radio that much. But um, I got in the most trouble on the first show. My, um, we were talking, and I took took the dog segment and would talk about simple dog training techniques and stuff like that. And, um. You know, we we got to talking about our kids and stuff. And Chance was maybe four or five then. And uh, I said, man, my son's like a Labrador. I said, I could beat him and he'll come back five minutes later and still love me. And, <laughs> and, and Lori immediately sends me a text on my phone. You're a butthole. <laughs> so, but we had fun. It was It was a good time. And then. After I did it for a little while and I stepped away, Chuck, um, Chuck and John got to be good friends, and then they started doing it, and then they were doing kind of what you guys are doing with the the podcast and hosting it, and it was a different different way of doing it than it is now. It's a little easier to do it now to host a podcast and do whatever, but um, they uh, they did that for golly probably a couple of years. I mean, he interviewed. All kinds of different people. I mean, they went to the Ohio Deer Show, um, interviewed Michael Waddell, and you know a bunch of guys. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's not that complicated, but you know, people don't appreciate it. It to continually put on, say, a ninety-minute podcast every single week. 
without failure yeah. for two and a half years now. We're coming yeah. up on three years. Almost yeah. three January. years. Yeah. I, I haven't been on the whole time. Yeah. I think I was the first one. You were early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were I was somewhere close. in there. I yeah. want to say you were like the the first guest of the season two, maybe. Yeah, it was. You guys have been out for a little bit. Yeah, I was, it was I the was, first. Uh, you were like one of the first ones we had actually got to use some of this uh, equipment on. Not this. Listen, yeah, we had my kitchen. We had my kitchen board. table all dressed yeah. out. Yeah, so we had. Look, that was we. <laughs> that was one of maybe. Two times we used that recorder. Really, I still have it. Because no shortly after that, we went to a a soundboard right uh, that uses these microphones. Oh, it's but so it's much better quality. Yeah, it's yeah, just a better deal. It's, it's part of growing. Oh, that's not true. We used that recorder up and down the Swanee River. So you're right, three times. Yeah, yeah because it's easier. We to used take it, it. I used it crap. on uh, on the way home from Texas, mm-hmm. yeah. and at the cleanup with. Um, yeah, but I use these microphones with it, so you can run tell the difference. Got it. Yeah. No, I could tell a difference in your podcast when you guys added this. Yeah. Thing. I thought the whole shtick was pretty good too. It was good. It was a good ad. You know. Well, once yeah. you know, once Sid brings in uh, Gator tracks, yeah, when he starts I mean, rolling it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now if you Maybe. just get him to build a boat inside of twelve months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, you get somebody throw a pot chat at, shot at us about the podcast money. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> really? money, money, deficit yeah. spending, man. Yeah, right? It's the like we keep kicking money. in. We keep kicking in. That's the problem. Can I steal one off you? Yeah, we got two yeah. advertisers. I'll buy you a whole a new can at the end of the podcast. I just didn't at go the by the store. end of the podcast. I think I remember you saying that on another podcast. I, yeah. <laughs> I say it on them quite often. This guy's. this is the guy that's single, has one of the best jobs in the world, and he has to borrow a dip from somebody. All the time. He yeah. should be bringing you a can. Well, yeah. you know, what had happened was, what Here's had happened was, is our guest showed up uh, an hour early. So I was like, oh, sh- I don't want to be a Who bad do that? Yeah. I don't want you yeah. to do that. <laughs> when he got here, there was I nobody wasn't here. Even here. <laughs> I rolled up and I'm looking around. I sent him a text. I said, "Hey man, I'm here. Where are you at?" He goes, "In Umatilla." I could <laughs> I could hear the old crap in his voice whenever he goes, "You're there?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm here." He I'm called a little early. <laughs> he calls me. He's like, "Where are you at?" I was like, "I'm still working this gas leak." Why? Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> Sid, "Sid's at your house." I was like. Oh, oh crap! Right, well, I said I'm finishing up my paperwork. I'll be back there in about ten minutes. Sid's like, whose house is this? He's like, oh, they don't sent me to some random sucker's house. Right? Yeah, we've had uh, a few folks show up, damn near half an hour, an hour late for their podcast, but never an hour early. That's awesome. You know, I'm fat and I like to eat, and I thought it'd take a little longer to get some food than what it did. So that's the you want thing. I was just pulling that down a little bit. Don't slack out. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I stopped in Utiler. For some chicken strips. And oh, yeah. Fried okra and uh, Did you go in old fish potato and wedges. No, I went to the Altoona, the Altoona store, not Umatilla. Oh, 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 yeah. The Altoona yeah. store. and um, Smokers? It's yeah. that gas station. Yeah, I guess yeah. it is Smokers. The Circle K, Kangaroo, yeah. whatever the heck it is. Yeah. yeah. Smokers. Yeah. Heart attack in a sack, baby. That's yeah. all there is yeah. to it. That's how I built this body. Yeah. <laughs> I do, That's man. I, I know that there's going to be an atonement because- <laughs> I am. If I never ate another gas station meal, and I, if I was blessed with a lifestyle of '96, they're going to be like, "Son, 
You, you way exceeded two meals that were meant for a gas from a gas station. I'm telling you. Yeah. I tell everybody when I turned 40, you know, I didn't, as I got older, but when I turned 40, I quit drinking and, you know, was settling down, had my son trying to be a good example and that kind of thing. And I'm like, damn, once my body wasn't pickled anymore, I felt a crap. So I was like, <laughs> you know. Ended up with onset diabetes. <laughs> I was like, had knee surgery at age 40. You know, all this stuff. And I looked at Lori. I said, hey, will you at least just push me around or get me an electric cart? I'll, I'll wheel around that way if I have to. But, <laughs> yeah, it don't get no better. doesn't get no better. 55 and got to wear glasses now. Was out testing the boat. Lost my brand new glasses <laughs> In the lake, and Lori's just shaking her head at me. She's like, what are you doing? We got to bring in more fellas up fifty in the fifty-year-old range because it makes me feel like I've got some kinship. Normally, I'm here and I'm like twenty years older than all you guys. You complain about your aches and pains. I'm like, you fucking don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I think Williams Williams the only young one that has reasons to be able to explain to to complain about his aches and pains. Yeah, yeah, twenty years, brother. Chasing parked cars. 20 years, somebody's going to be good. pushing him around. Yeah, I'm afraid. Right. He's yeah. going to look like the hunchback of Notre Dame walking around. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I discovered something by accident. Man. Well, not really by accident. I'm trying to make some lifestyle changes as warranted. And, you know, walking every day, I'm eating. I decided the only animal protein that I'm going to take in for 90 days, I'm going to try 90 days, is nothing but wild game. Like, so I'm eating more vegetables than ever before because it's like. Yeah. You know, I'll go into a gas station where I normally would have gotten. I'm like, I'll have a pickle, please. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you can't. You know, I'm not even jerky. So, but the other part of that is I'm drinking a gallon of water a day, and I've almost got yeah. a gallon of water, and I'm sitting on this big gulp. Yeah. Holy crap! Like, I the the thing I noticed like in two days is uh, you know I'm fighting some arthritis in the knees and my shoulders are bugging me. Yeah. You put down a gallon of water a day and all that cartilage kind of goes yeah. a little bit that you got That's left. And it's like, oh, bit. man, I'm like 23 again. You right? Know? I know. Thinking about running. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Shoot, so, I, uh, what I keep thinking about is I think about my grandfather and my dad. You know, my grandfather's not with me, but my dad is. And they wake up and they're feeling great if they take a good poop in the morning when they get up. So I'm like, I've been that way since I'm 30. I'm like hell, I don't ever get to that point where I'm thinking I gotta take a good poop. <laughs> yeah, man, I had a buddy of mine, awful. wicked kidney stones and, and yeah. other things where, like, you can't pee. Yeah, and you, you lose the ability to pee normally, and that's genuinely a living hell. That is not good. Like those guys, you know, they they're, they're not quite to the point where they have to have a catheter, and like they start backing up. I, whew. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your teeth really float. I might be looking for the self checkout line at that point, man. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Weird. So, speaking of old farts, we are uh, in the studio tonight with Mister Sid. Was it? It's Teston, isn't it? Tyson, Teston, Tyson, Tyson, like chicken thigh, Tyson. Tyson. Okay, yeah. we're in the studio, of Mr. Sid Tyson, of Fast Duck Motors, who has been in the game obviously for a uh, long time. You've paid this man half a million dollars over your lifetime, and you don't know his last name. I just always call him Sid. I don't ever worry <laughs> yeah. about how to pronounce his last name. I answer the dumbass asshole. Yeah, listen. Matter. Listen, before he, I... No matter what it is, he answers to it at all the time because I know I've messaged him at like 12 o'clock before and been like, hey, <laughs> listen, my 
My boat's in pieces, and I'm trying to use it tomorrow. <laughs> Listen, before I met you, Sid, I'd heard your name so often. I'm like, Jesus Christ, can you stop dude? telling me about... He, he's like, well, my boat's broken. So we going to take it to old Sid? Sid, the mud motor kid? Like, gee, I'm tired of fucking hearing about it. Sid, 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 Sid. You've got an right? absolutely stellar reputation. Like, it's a reputation you cannot buy. I mean, I don't. I'm not in that mud motor thing. But if right. I mention mud motors, yeah. If I, if I'm part of a conversation of mud motors that goes more than thirty seconds, your name comes up, and it was like, oh, he's the greatest guy in the world. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, February will be celebrating twenty years. That's fantastic. And for me, it's never in a million years that I dream it would be this long. You know, you get into something because you do it because you love it. You know, and you love meeting new people and, and doing, doing just doing what you do. I tinkered with motors all the time before I did this. And I was no experienced mechanic when I first started, you know. Um, and through the years, of just you just have to take that initiative to learn and have the willingness to learn and and then just do a good job, you know. And I, I, had, a, I had an old timer tell me because I thought I wanted to use, I wanted to do outboards and different things like that. And I had taken a an old uh, Larson ski boat, redid the floors, put new carpet in, and I did that boat, and it was fiberglass. I worked with fiberglass, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> so <laughs> I sold that boat and did it gone, and I buy another one that's a stick steer, like an old crappie fisherman, Luma craft boat. And I'm running my boat, my son around in it. You know, he's two, and we're fishing, and he's having a blast. And I'm like, man, this is just good for the family, you know, but I really want to do something that's in the outdoors and hadn't really committed to it like I did. And when uh, I went to sell the boat, I was at Tedder's Fish Camp, and I always called him Old Man Tedder, but Mr. Tedder, I love that guy. God rest his soul. He, um, I was talking to the guy, and I was telling him everything wrong with the boat. And he comes up to me after the guy leaves. The guy buys the boat, and I'm like, oh, well, it's older. Thank you. That's a good thing. You know, it's gone. And um, he says, hey, man, you're too honest for this. And I said, well, I said, at least I can sleep at night. You know, I'm like, if I'm too honest, then I know I can go to bed at night and I can know I at least told everybody, you know, whether they wanted to hear it or not. And I know Jordan's had that conversation with me a couple of times. I'm like, Jordan, that's not good, you know, or, <laughs> or just whatever, you know. And it and but the big thing is, is that I I got into this because. I got tired of going to these places and they, I don't, and I don't know how to put it in words, but they, they take your money, treat you like you're an idiot and turn around and walk out and they don't explain anything. And they're like, Oh, I had to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, okay, well, why did you do that? Oh, well, it just had to be done. I'm like, that's not how I want to, not how I want to do my business. And then through many divine interventions and, and uh, that kind of thing with uh, with money and being able to buy it. Mud Buddy, 20 years ago, told me, said, I'll let you buy six motors and a couple blinds and we'll let you be a dealer. And that was the only only one out of all of them that was willing to work with me because all the mud motor stuff was all new. I mean, it was just starting to take hold. Um, Warren Coco, Go Devil, he was the godfather. He brought all these over from Taiwan and you know, he started it all and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But you sold you sold Go Devil or nothing. And I'm like, well, I don't you know, I'm I'm can't afford to buy ten boats and motors and all that stuff, you know. So 
when um, my buddy said I could buy the 10 boats, I went down to Bass Pro. It just opened in Orlando. And I went in and met a guy named Ted, Ems- Ted Emsminger, one of the nicest dudes in the world. And I feel horrible because I haven't kept up with him. But he gave me a shot, sold me a Bass Tracker Grizzly 1448, had a whole package that was 9500 bucks out the door. And no, I had, no motor, though. Cause you didn't oh, need the motor, motor. motor, boat, and trailer. Oh, okay. And it was a painted trailer. It wasn't even a galvanized trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got to do what I got to do. I got to save money and, you know, got to be able to, to advertise. I got to be able to do whatever. And um, there's been many people that have helped me along the way. So that's why it's always been, you guys know, you got to pay it forward somehow. And you got to be able to to help pass it on to the next person and and being that person that says, you know, guy calls you on the phone, Jordan even said it, 12 o'clock, I call, I'll text him and he'll answer me. It's like at some point you have to think about that and be like, you know what, it takes five minutes to tell somebody. Yeah. You know, and it's and that's just how I've been. There's it always ends up being something like, stupid in my case at 12 o'clock too. Mm, I don't like, know. It, your like, your it, stuff it, it, was pretty much, uh, hey, ma'am. The boss on my head is cracked. Is that okay to run? And I'm like, no, Jordan, it's not good to run. <laughs> Can I JB weld this part back together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but, got a fuel problem I've been chasing right now. Yeah. I'm still working on it, though. Yeah. It's 7,000. Yeah. It just doesn't, it, it won't keep prime. So I think I'm, yeah. I changed the fuel filters. It's still not keeping prime. So I'm just going to put a new fuel pump on it. If that doesn't work, I'm going to change all the fuel lines, which it probably needs anyway. So, yeah. Well, heck, it's been six years since you've done anything to it with the yeah. fuel lines, I think. So, it <laughs> might be time. You never know. Yeah. But, but the, the bottom line is, though, is that I, I try to do this business as if it was me walking in my shop because I know what I expect. I know, and I'm not a high demanding person, but I would appreciate if somebody was just honest with me when I walk in, you know? That's why I was telling you about the the auto garage that I went to. I appreciated the fact he said, Sid, I've exhausted all of my capabilities to fix your truck. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, and I'm like, I'm glad he did that. He didn't charge me for the 10 hours that he did try to do it, you know, and I'm not upset at all. I appreciated his honesty. And that's whether I wanted to hear that or not, I appreciated it, you know. So with that philosophy in between the good Lord and, all that stuff, um, we we've done good. I can't complain. You so know? it's it's hard to beat like uh, the customer service that comes along with honesty. Yeah, right. Because whether yeah. like I try to do a lot of the work on my own motor, but I I always come to you for parts because I know I'm I'm just I'm gonna get it straight from you. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you if you need it whether you need it or not. I'm not going to say your part just because you told me you needed a starter. I'm yeah. Like, what's the problem? What's, what's going on? Or why is that? Drives my better half crazy because she'll, you know, I'll sit on the phone and help a guy in Georgia <laughs> try to troubleshoot, you know, this thing's got no power, you know, and, and finally the guy drives down today and in five minutes we figured it out. We take him out to the lake and he's like, holy crap. He goes, well, I'm no mechanic. <laughs> I'm like, well, why'd you make me talk to you on the phone that long? <laughs> But I'm thinking, I'm like, you didn't know what you were doing. Why'd you? But either way, the whole point being is there's there's not there's a lot of people that talk, you know, customer service and they do that thing, and um, it's uh it's another thing to do it, you know. And a lot of guys get upset with me, and you know, there's I'll tell you straight up, hey, 
I can try to make this work or, you know, I would replace it or fix it, whatever. We can try and make that work um, worth a shot. You know, it's no worse than what you're at, at right now kind of thing. I said, but you may have to come back, you know. And some guys are like, no, go ahead and fix it. Let's get it done. And other guys are like, well, I'll try it, you know. So I'm a big believer in scheduled maintenance. Oh, like yeah. When I was younger, and, you know, money comes into that too, you know, but it's you think it you think money comes into it, but if you're driving a car, if you're running a boat, you, you think you're getting away with deferring that maintenance. You're not, cause it's all system, right? And if one oh, yeah. thing starts to go a little sideways, other things have to work harder. And, yep. but yep. yeah, that, that's one thing. But then again, I'll quit kissing your ass. It's like, I, I do joke my, cause I have, my wife has given me permission to buy a mud boat Uh-oh. and I haven't done it because I haven't, I, I know, don't know exactly I know where a little 1644 is with a 7,000 on it been for sale for about 10 years. Maybe you and I can talk <laughs> about that. Later. It's in my yard. No, 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 no. no. I ain't touching that I never touch that <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Yeah. I'd do that to you. It but, just um, stays up for sale in case I get the right price for it. <laughs> yeah. You were close. Yeah. Last Some guy year, offered you were me close. like 13 grand for it a couple years ago. Yeah. I just, I, I love the hull. That hull is phenomenal. I don't know that I'll ever sell the hull. I'll definitely get rid of the motor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that hull has been one of the fastest Gator Tracks hulls that I've ever seen. Yeah. Serious. And I'm not I'm not I've seen know. I've seen forty five out of it. Other people have said they've seen that boat do forty seven. I I'm yeah. not gonna lie, and for as narrow as that hole is, it hunts four guys, four grown men yep. really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's kind of what I'm looking for. But I was going to say, I'm, I'm probably the only guy in the world that doesn't have a mud boat, but already has a mud boat mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah we, like I said, I, I've just always been one of those things where, you know, customer service and honesty is, is what's going to get you through. And then if, if you make a mistake, because we're all human, you make a mistake or, you know, take a little longer to work on something than what you thought or whatever, you know, then it, it, that's just part of it. You know, you just have to take your lumps and go. But the the other big thing I think that I've done that's, that a lot of guys don't do is they'll, and there are, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people don't do, is I'll tear a motor down, and if I find stuff that's wrong with it, I don't fix it, and then they show up with a $1,000 bill when they show up there. I call them like, hey, this is what we got wrong. You got to fix this. You probably could get by with that, but you need to do this kind of thing, you know? And a lot of guys don't do that. Car dealerships, you know, they'll call you, <laughs> hey, you need a radiator flush and a brake flush. You know, we, we really think you need to do that. And I'm like, no, my brakes work and my radiator's not hot. We're good, you know? So I don't, I'm not pushy. I'm not pushy in any way and, and just never have been that way, you know? And I'm not, not aggressive with you on buying a boat. You know, they'll come out and we'll talk about boats and they're like, well, do you want to sell me a boat? And I'm like, sure. If you want one, <laughs> I'm like, it's like I'm, I'm not going to hold you hostage and be like, come on, man, buy me a boat, you know, kind of thing. So now I see some of the boats you've sold on, uh, you know, you see it on Facebook. I'm like, I mean, there's been some we put some out this year. Sleds coming crazy. Out. Yeah. I admittedly, cause you know, they're not like anything else. I mean, you, you can buy a basic utilitarian thing and, it, and then, then all of a sudden you start looking at all the toys you could put in. And next thing you know, it's like, yeah, who needs a $73,000 mud boat, man? 
<laughs> You'd be surprised. I know, but the way they You'd get treated. You'd be surprised. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean. Crazy. Now, what it, River barges don't get treated as bad as a lot of mud boats, yeah, man. Right? You know, so. The, yeah. the key word in what Jim said was who needs yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Apparently, there's a lot 000. that need that because there's a lot of prodigies I see. There's a lot of gator tracks. There's a lot of everything out there that's sixty, seventy thousand dollar rigs. I know, man. It's just crazy. But the big thing that that um, that I that I have enjoyed is my crew that I've got now. I've got a really good crew. I've got two good full time mechanics. We're finally starting to get caught up. We were eight and a half weeks out for a long time, and. For me, that's not fathomable. You know, three of us are working as hard as we can 24 hours a day. Then we're fighting getting parts. We're fighting, you know, being able to do the stuff that we do. And um, we added Casey. She's in our office. She helps Lori out. And she's, I mean, you even said it. You know, you've noticed difference in my. (laughs) Your social media appearance. My social media appearance. But um, Casey, she is the the godsend she does a wonderful job and does good pictures and she's like she'll come up to me she's like do you think i could go with you to take some pictures of the boat i'm like isn't that your job yeah yeah absolutely you can go so but it's uh it's it's just a good atmosphere up there and when you can keep people happy and have a good time and you know work through the hard times and and uh do what you do it's it just makes it fun every day to go you know this year has been like opening pandora's box on every motor that we get <laughs> and um uh, cole one of my mechanics today i came back from testing the boat we we're testing the turbo and the uh he says oh my god i said i've been gone three hours bubba i said why haven't you got the heads back on this motor well i had to drill out four bolts i had to do this because this thing's rusted to crap <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Okay, that's a good enough answer. <laughs> There's a, a good sales pitch for Inox there. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I was thinking about when we were up there in the saltwater, and it was more brackish. It wasn't as bad as if when we go run St. Joe Bay. I knew that just looked clean off my boat. But um, I was just thinking about the way, you know, air-cooled mud motor mm-hmm. and saltwater. Like, they're hard on all motors, yeah. but at least you can flush out the outboard and give it a good hose off and, but I was looking at Briar's motor, and of course, yeah, you went over all over that thing with Inox, and I'm like, man, if you don't really pay attention to that mud motor, and you let that thing sit after a day in the salt water, yeah, you got yourself a giant paperweight. Well, I've got, <laughs> I mean, I've got a routine when I go. I I I'm in predominantly salt water. Yeah. You know, alligator season is the only time I'm in freshwater, and I when I go out hunting. But the um, I've got a whole routine that I do. And I had a customer one day, he's like, dude, why don't you put that up on your YouTube channel? And I'm like, YouTube channel? (laughs) (laughs) What's that? I'm like, "Um, yeah, I think I got one of those. And I said, but I don't know. But yeah, I'll do it. So we did it. We we shot some video and show people how to do it. But my whole routine, because I'm an hour from any saltwater, bottom line, if I want to fish the West Coast, East Coast, doesn't matter. But when I get off the water from being on saltwater, I go 30 minutes from wherever I put in. I find the closest car wash inside that 30 minutes. I pull into the car wash. I missed my motor off. I missed the trailer. I wash everything down, my rods, everything. And then I drive 30 minutes home. As soon as I get home, I treat my motor. And then before I go the next time, I treat my motor. And then So you pre-treat? Mm-hmm. Yep. Post it's, and pre. Yeah. 
So the, the Inox is a, is a water displacement? It acts as a water displacement. The, the nice thing about Inox is it's non-petroleum based. So it's not going to eat the coatings on your wires. It's not going to make them hard and brittle and crack. And it won't and fall off like WD-40 yeah. does and different things like that. I can spray. You can't spray WD-40 on your spark plugs. you got to use dielectric grease or something else. I can spray my spark plugs. I can spray every electrical instrument that does not conduct electricity. And for me, the way those motors are, stators, rectifiers, all the exposed wiring that's on those motors. Now, they've gotten better, you know, in the last couple of years. But um, but for me, that's a godsend because I stay in the salt water, you know. And, and there's guys that have been using Inox for six years since I started selling it. And they're in nothing but salt water. And you couldn't tell day one. You know, no. Near Oral, son, <laughs> Drew Oral. He's, they've been using Inox on that motor of his that he's got for, I think it's 10 or 11 years old now. You couldn't tell it was, it's been in salt water. And that, you know, that product's something that would work on materials other than. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just throw it down. Like, I've got that aluminum G3 and yep. the Yammy Hammer on it, but I you, do a lot of salt water. You in spray the, the inside of your Yammer Hammer with it. You can do the outer housing with it and wipe it down. Anything to protect, you know. You got nuts, bolts, all kinds of stuff on there that rust. Oh yeah, you know, so. I mean, it's, it's been a month in the salt. Last, month in the salt last summer, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, I, I hauled it out once a week and gave it a once over. Yeah, just because I was worried that at the end of a full month, that right, I'd go out and just be all over water. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? I know. <laughs> It'd just be sitting there and just be a mounting bracket on the back of your <laughs> basically. Boat, you know? Yeah, but but yeah, there's it does. It's a great product, and there and that's that's the other thing that I've tried to do is try to find products, you know, CRC and those those types of products that, that's out. They're great products, but they cost you $30 a can. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're using half the can on one, one coating like I do. And then some of them leave a film. Some of them, you know, they're just, they're just different, you know. And this, this product is a lanolin-based product and does absolutely phenomenal. And it and I've I've proven it. There was I used Zep for a long time. Zep is a good one. You know, one of my one of my customers, Chris, he's a Zep rep, been a Zep rep the whole time I've been in this. And we took Zep and sprayed steel pieces, stuck them in a bag and soaked them in the salt water. And Zep works great. It's a great product as well, but it's twenty five dollars a can. You know, it's just for me it's a uh, it's we're not the richest people in the world that run these boats, yeah. but we're not also the poorest people in the world. But at the same time, I like to offer products that are going to be good for you. They're cost effective and they work. That's, Hallelujah, man. You know, that's the, the big thing for me. I can't, can't stand using stuff that doesn't work, you know, but, and there's a lot of good products. So I don't want to say this, you know, Inox is the only one that's out there, but at the same time, Inox is the is the one I like for the money. They offer eight different products. They've got a high temp red grease that you can grease your trailer, your your motor, everything with. They've got an MX eight that you can put a drop of it on the slide of your shotgun. It's going to protect your shot your shotgun. You can wipe your barrel down with Inox. You can do all this stuff with, and it's just a good multi use product. You know, same thing with WD forty. WD forty was was brought up back in the fifties, and it forty applications that you could do with it. It's a great product. You know, it's just the difference between then and now. 
Yeah. And we can get all the Sinox at your shop, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, I'm not the only one who's used Inox who thinks that amongst their array of products, they should also have an air freshener. Oh, it smells good. That's Inox spray smells good (laughs) when you spray it on. I never thought about (laughs) that. But yeah. I I like how Hoppy smells, gun cleaning stuff. Mm. Hoppy's has an air freshener. Yeah. They do. They do. They do. I'll mention that to her. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it? Go back to the shotgun. What were you saying? Because I've got a stuff that, uh, man, also now I can't remember the name of it, but last time I went to look for it, because I mean, I bought a couple cans of it 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I just went online to find it. Couldn't find it. So I don't know if the company wanted a business or maybe it's got something on that caused you to grow a third eye. I, I don't know, but I couldn't get it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and I'm, I was thinking about that because I'm like, man, I'm almost out of this stuff. Yeah. And I, I spray down my shotguns with it. And uh, or even inside and run a bore snake through it. It's not yeah. a it's not a cleaner. It's it does it does displace water. Right, but it's a lubricator. It's More a lubricator. Yeah, and I just yeah. you know spray it on the thing and then wipe it down with a clean cloth and yeah. throw it in the leave it in the in the yeah. cabinet for months on end and there's never any rust yeah. or yeah. So you can use you can use the MX3 the stuff that they're using on their motors. Okay, I've used it on mine. Um, there's MX8 that I like to use on my actions for my handguns and you know. Uh, ARs and stuff like that because those only require a drop. I mean, you've cleaned a hundred of them. Well, the, you only need a drop on that action or it can cause problems for you. Yeah, you know? gummy, so, especially if you're in the dirt. Yeah. So the big thing with it is that I, I like that because they do have some needle applications for the MX-8 and different things like that. But they just offer a lot of products that work well, you know, and you have very little issues with them. So. I, I learned that the hard way. I overoiled a shotgun in West Texas in the really fine red clay, mm, hunting yeah. geese and cranes. <laughs> yeah. And after a morning and afternoon, man, I actually in the afternoon, because it got in the firing pin, and I'd actually pulled pull the firing pin in the field. That's when I looked at it, man. It was just black and red. Yeah. Smut. <laughs> I'm not helping here. Right? <laughs> I've had like if you take in WD forty, we've hunted in Utah in fourteen degree weather. It'll if freeze. If you spray it in WD forty, it'll actually freeze your action. You won't you won't do anything <clears throat> so, the rest of the day. That that's where something like a uh nanotech grease something yeah. like nanotechnology comes right. with the sand like that comes into heavy play because even right. when you burn it off, it's still you, you keep those micro roller bearings in there stay right. in between the pieces of metal and it still functions even just right. nasty sloppy dirty because it has that smooth running surface right gotcha. now if you get it in the firing pinhole ain't nothing you can do about that but, <laughs> no. but you really got to be special to do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's probably yeah. just mishandling the bolt you know putting it back in you know reassembling the shotgun yeah. and I, I don't i don't and i don't know that it wasn't just that a combination well, I hadn't cleaned the firing pin in a while. You know, yeah. In, in a Benelli, they're not hard to pull out. But, yeah, man, it's like, well, so you go, click, like, oh, I must have a bad prior. I'm throwing yeah. click, like, and I'm getting dense, but not enough to. Right. And that's when I, yeah, yeah. You, there's a little knobby thing you pull out, and then you got to be real careful that you don't send your firing pin like I did the other day. I sent it. Yeah. I shot my firing pin across my living room. Like, saw it, <laughs> ting! I was like, oh, so much so I tried to buy another one. Like, but I. Apparently, it hit just right and bounced actually back into my kitchen. I'm talking like a 15-foot distance. Oh, wow. Because I was 
after I bought a new one, I was dicking around in my kitchen. I'm like, there it is in the floor, not far from where I, I yeah. sent it. So it must have gone out <laughs> and came right back, man. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't the, do that in the field. To to add to your story about you bought two cans of this stuff and you had it done. Well, I'd gone to a men's event and and ran my dog Lucky and um, had her there and we were showing her some basic training tips and different, because I'm no trainer. I just know what I need to do to get my dog to bring a duck back to me, you know, and that's all I'm, I don't need to do 800 yard blinds. I don't need to be, you know, over and back and up your butt kind of thing. And and not against them, but that's just not what I do. I need a functional dog that's going to find it and bring it back. That's all I need. (laughs) So I go to the show, I run my dog and this gentleman comes up to me and he's like, Hey, how are you? And he goes, you got with the dog? And yes, sir, I am. And he goes, well, let me show you this product. And I'm like, how do we go from a dog to, to a lubricant? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, check it out. It's called Inox. It's out of Australia, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, cool. Where can I buy it? And he goes, well, you can't. I'm like, why are you showing for me? showing me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, thanks for nothing, pal. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Wanting to walk away. And he says, um, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, we're trying to get it into big retail. He goes, here, let me give you a few cans. And he gave me two 300-gram cans, right? And I think I had those things three years. I couldn't get this guy to answer my phone calls, couldn't get him to let me be a dealer, nothing, right? So I'm starting to run out because I was using it just on simple stuff. I hadn't started using it on motors yet because I was using Zap or something else. So out of the blue, um, this guy does a cold call, calls me at the shop when I was in Glenwood still. And he says, uh, hey, man, I'm so-and-so. I forget his name. He's a good dude, too. Um, he goes, I'm so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'm, I'm the new Zep rep for this area. And, you know, would you be interested in, in taking a look at our product? And I said, absolutely, I would. He goes, oh, do you already know about it? And I said, yeah, I met some jack wagon that wouldn't sell it to me. He goes, he gave me a couple cans. I'm about out, so I need to order some more. <laughs> and he started laughing. <laughs> the new and, Inox rep. Yeah, yeah. the new the Inox rep. I'm telling him that. And he goes, he goes, where did you hear about Inox? And I said, some dude at a men's men's event, you know, that we were doing where, you know, I was doing a run of my dog and, and, uh, you know, talking to people and telling them about my buddy and motors and stuff. He goes, do you remember his name? I said, Nope. I said, he appeared out of nowhere and he disappeared out of nowhere. I said, I couldn't tell you who that guy is to this day. And he said his name. I said, that's him. He goes, yeah, he was the only rep they had in America. We'll just call and, him Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman. But, um, <laughs> He uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, he's no longer with the company. And I'm like, oh. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, right. I said, well, that's a shame. I said, well, are you guys, I mean, do you have distributors or how do you do it now? And he goes, well, you know, we really want to get it into an industrial market and da, 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 da. And I said, well, I work on a lot of motors. I said, is that industrial enough for you? And he goes, I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to come down and look at your place. I said, well, come on. And he, this guy lived in Crescent City, you know, yeah. and he comes all the way down and Meets me, real nice guy, and he goes, "Well, I'm gonna have to call my, you know, the owners and and make sure they're okay with you being a a dealer or you being able to buy it and stuff." I said, "Dude, I'll use it." I said, "I love the stuff." I don't get that, man. It's like if you were gonna order X, I don't care what I'm selling. If you're gonna order X number of components, I don't care if you're just giving them away for Christmas. Yeah. I don't care if you fill. Well, I kind of care <laughs> filling landfills. 
I don't care. Right? I mean, <laughs> using it for baking, yeah. have at it, man. Yeah. Just keep buying my stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was like. You're as long as you're not to... doing something criminal with it, it's going to eventually get us yeah. on 60 Minutes. You know, just buy you're, it. You're trying to break into the American market, you know, and it's a good product. I mean, I liked it then, but I really hadn't dove into it to see if it really is as good as it is, you know. And um, and like I said, I've been using Zep and Chris was a great dude. And, you know, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I didn't want to hurt his feelings or anything like that. But Zep was expensive. You know, it cost me $150 for a case of 12 300-gram cans, and it cost me $96 for 12 300-gram. Yeah. You know, it's so the big thing is it's so much more inexpensive that I keep cases of the 100-gram cans, and I give everybody a can. Nice. I give them a can. I'm like, here, I'm going to give you a start. Here it is. Any customer that comes first in. First one's free. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I give them, I give them that can. I'm like, here, just try it. Just use it. He's out here passing out Inox like a crack dealer. That's it. Just a taste. So I said, man, first one's <laughs> free. Just a taste. Your motor will love it. But, <laughs> you know, the whole thing is, though, is, is I believe in that product enough that I'm willing to, you know, get you started and let you see what it is and how it works. And it works. You know, it'll stop, it. it'll stop rust. It's got a penetrant in it. And then we've got other that if you, if it's new and you have it, it's called Lanox MX4. You can spray it from a new status and it should never rust on you as long as you treat it like you're supposed to, that kind of thing. And it's just, it's just developed now. Golly, I bet you it's been 10 years I've been selling that stuff. Yeah. Well, we're years. talking about older guys. If there's one, you know, this isn't a tip of the week, I suppose, but. I watch, and I used—I was this guy. You're a younger man. You get lazy. You're like, I don't want to tell you. I'll do it later. Yeah. Uh-uh. Man, take care of your gear and buy the stuff that will take care of your gear. You think you're saving five bucks? Yeah. No, man, you're wasting five hundred. You just—I mean, now you're spending ten or twelve grand on a motor, thirteen dollars for a can of Inox that'll save that motor and be able to go in the salt water. That's a no-brainer yeah. for me. But I, again, I'm, I'm an old timer. So. Yeah. Well, so, and how did you learn that, Sid? You know, you learned it by taking I hate it apart, right? Fixing <laughs> crap. <laughs> Only I hate want to do drilling it twice out once. bolts. I hate doing all that stuff. So we're, we're talking. You spend ten or twelve grand on a motor now. What I mean, you know, long tails have obviously been around mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think was the biggest thing that brought somebody? Was it a Go Devil that that developed the first surface driver? Yeah. No, no, no. So. <laughs> There's kind of like chicken and the egg. There's so many people that claim they were the first ones on the market. Yeah. They were all, you know, um, they all evolved around their time. Warren Coco, the go devil, he didn't want to do it. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'll sell my long tails. I'm good. Well, then, you know, as this progressed and everything evolved to what it is now, you know, it's probably been 10 years ago, longer than that, I'd say. But when Mr. Warren finally came out with his first, you know, balance you know, service drives that he's yeah. got. But I want to say in 2003, 2004, um, my buddy was coming out with theirs. Gator Tail was coming out with theirs. And Pro Drive had kind of theirs that they were coming out with. And Pro Drive may have been a little bit before them, but it was just a different style motor that everybody didn't know how to look at it as. You know, it's a vertical motor. Vertical so that was like the, the Sport V that my yeah. buddy had. Yeah. yeah, the Sport V came about um, because the the gear driven motors were very efficient, you know they ran well, and um, you didn't have a belt. You know the hope was to create a gear driven motor 
that that did well, you know. And ProDrive had proven that that it did well, still does well. You know? So, I mean, what do you think it was that that brought about the need for these companies to say, "Hey, screw these long tails, we yeah. need something different." So the big thing, the big thing that happened was everybody wanted to go faster. So. Go Devil did the twin side-by-side 23s. Yeah. Mud Buddy tried the twin inline 23s. You know, everybody was trying was to get Mud more Mud Buddy power. even had the, the Harley, didn't they, for a while? Yeah. Was that Mud Buddy? Yeah. No, that was Beaver Tail. Beaver Tail, that's right, yeah. Beaver Tail had the Harley motor. It was the Raptor, Raptor or whatever it was called, but um, they couldn't keep it cool, just like a regular Harley. Um, but nonetheless, everybody wanted to go faster, and the only way you were going to be able to do that or achieve that is through some sort of gear ratio. Didn't matter how much horsepower you put on the end of a of a long tail, it was still one for one. So if that motor didn't develop any torque and couldn't develop any top end on it, you just got what you got out of it, you know. And twenty threes, for the longest time, the twenty five Kohler was the big block of the long tails, and that's why there are so many out there. There's still so many out there that are running, you know, long tail. I take care of stuff that's ten, twenty years old, you wow. know, and it's um. They, they were efficient, they were good, they achieved what you wanted to do, you know, but everybody wanted to go faster. So, you know, that's that was the next jump. You know, it's like right now we're trying to develop surface drives that are faster with more horsepower and stuff like that. So the um, – uh, and, and do it in a small footprint. You know, when Boss came out with the Boss Hoss, man, in, in theory – one of the best motors that you could ever put on the back of a boat because it was a three-cylinder Ecotec, 75 horsepower fuel injected on the back of the boat. But it was a three-cylinder motor that was only released in Shanghai, China. They didn't even have an American manual for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you had to go through marine power to to get parts and stuff like that. And it's a nightmare today because of that. You can't just get a part for four-cylinder Ecotecs boom all day long you know and and it might be my stupidity and i might be able to order what's on a four cylinder for my three cylinders but i don't know that you know but it's um the whole the whole drive was to be faster push bigger loads you know carry bigger boats and that that boss hoss the 75 horsepower you know we did videos with boss in louisiana and um Andy, the boat doctor, and a lot of us guys were there because we wanted to be able to push 18, 19, 20-foot boats. And you could take that Boss Hoss and put it on a 2254 Gator Tracks, put 10 people in it, a four-wheeler or whatever you wanted in it, and it'd still get on plane and go. It was a great concept. It was a great motor. But it was huge. It was huge. It was a 400-pound block. We'll ask you to choose favorites or anything like that. If you're talking about... A boat for a guy that gonna have somewhere between two and four guys hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend for the right size boat? Right, as far as length, width, and what kind of motor around the back? Yeah. So, a lot of the big things that when I question people, I ask you what you're gonna do with it. If they say I'm gonna fish with it, you know, I'll tell you, and I think I've told Jordan this. Build that boat for what you're going to do for 90% of the time and adapt the other 10%. If you're only going to hunt three, four times during duck season, make something work. You know, don't don't build your boat around that because it is definitely two different things. But 
the nice thing now with the modern technology, the new fuel injected Briggs motors and the stuff that's coming around from what it was, four guys, I'd tell you, get an 18 foot boat, 54 inches wide, run a stock 40 on it. Four guys, you'll run mid twenties all day long. And you can do that with any of the custom built boats now. Wow. Cause at least I've got that 18 foot G3 that we went out in. And I put many a motor on G3. Seminole County Sheriff's Department has three or four of them with them on there. Really? Mm-hmm. Center consoles. I, 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 lo- I love my center console. It's yep. just silver. Yep. And, I don't, I, and I want. I, you could be the silver bullet in the marsh. No. no, no. <laughs> I, was, we were, I was the silver bullet. There's many women that love them. Yeah. Listen. No. <laughs> no, they're great. They are, they are great all around boats. And I've got fishing deck in the front, fishing deck in the back. And it's, it's great. And we. We took five fat, well, not all five of us are fat asses, but we took way too much weight <laughs> out in the Pamlico Sound and got back. Um, but, oh, that's good to know because I, I, I'm yeah. thinking about that. I'd like a different configuration, obviously gun you, boxes and things like that. I mean, but. you do reach limits, okay? So I've had some Seahawks, guys with 2072s. They want to put a motor on. It's not going to work. Too it's, it's just too big, too wide. Indestructible, um, though. Right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Unless you want to go with duels. Yeah. Yeah, now you can do, and a lot of boats that are already pre-built, like a G3 or a CR, or those big ones, you can't put two motors on. It's just not possible. I've got customers now that are running two mud motors and a 300 in between them, and it's on a 20-foot boat. Wow. Yeah, and they're taking eight people out bow fishing all night you, long. You know, Jim, I mean, we can fix that silver with some red leg stencils and a Harbor Freight paint gun. Oh, man, I've, I've, I've given it a thought, but I, I've... <laughs> I, I, that it. boat's long since paid off, and what I, I, you were just saying, have a boat that this is ninety percent of what you do. Correct. So I, what I was thinking along, because obviously the question I asked was also pertaining to me, is um, I'm looking for a boat. It's a great runaround boat, and then I was just thinking smaller, but it doesn't have to be smaller. A boat for hunting, yeah, right. And then you know, an ideal world someday, but it doesn't really make sense because you don't go out enough. Is like. I'd love to have an offshore boat, but that just yeah. For the number of times I'm going to go offshore, that's why we just pay I'll Captain just McNutt. Pay a guy, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, let him be his headaches. That's um, it. But I use that G3 all the time, and I would probably, especially this time of year, get a lot of use out of a mud boat. Yeah, yeah. What's the length and width on it? Uh, eighteen G3 1860. So it's you probably eighteen could do, by six, just about. Yeah, you could do a mud motor with a with some kind of mod on it. You know, there's there's all kinds out there now. You know, you got Delta, you got Nick Belche, you got mud, uh, Boat Doctor Heads, you got BPS, you've got a lot of guys that are in that market now. And then you got a new one that's on that's been out. We've been developing it for over three years now, but OB Design has come out with a turbo. I've got 300 hours on my turbo, no problems. I've had my airbox cracked and I've had the dust covers crack and it's been 10 cent stuff, you know. But through that three years, we've evolved, and it's and he's made the product better and, and um, more durable and, and that kind of thing. So, but anytime anything that's new, there's always headaches. You know, there's still headaches with highly modded motors. You know, you'll no get a kidding. guy, right? Yeah. Like a seven thousand. <laughs> well, there's, there's almost two discussions. You've got the hull, mm-hmm. and then you got the motor. Right. I would think, and it's going to be overly simplistic, but in the hull, I would think that most guys in the ideal world want just tons of feet of storage yeah and 
absolutely like desert dry. Yeah. And the then the motor, thing, we all want to go 100 miles an hour. The, right. And the big thing with no weight that's really that it's like a huge mix of people. You'll get the guy that doesn't want a life vest sitting on the deck, doesn't even want it hanging on the, the side of the console, you know, doesn't want his throw cushion out like it's supposed to be, you know, and, <laughs> but they want all this storage because that's what they want to put it away somewhere. Then you get one like Jordan that has absolutely no storage in it and he loves the boat, but that it, it's functional. He's just that does he, what I need to do. Right. And he does what he needs to do with it. Either. I do wish it had one more catwalk, but. I'll get there, As man. you guys know, <laughs> I, I am I am selection A. Yeah, like just I don't I hate tripping over shit. Me too. Yeah, yeah, but too. you know when it comes I'm that to guy it, that's just gonna mod what I like. I I do I, I want to cut into my front deck because I know the front of my front deck probably has nothing but foam in it. Yeah, and foam the and reinforcement and the and foam acts as a reinforcement yeah. too from back in the day and difference between yeah. then and now. And that, I I kind of want to cut it open, put a hatch in there so I can stow some things in there but i'm fine with having having all my decoys and stuff in the boat and then the only reason i want to catwalk is because like you do like random yeah i do like (laughs) to fish out of it sometimes and it makes it nice or even when you're hunting if you need to run from the front of the back of the boat real quick you can just trip down that catwalk it cost me a redfish him not having a catwalk cost me a damn a damn good redfish i tell you catwalk the the catwalk i got in the g3 is only what six inches wide but when you're out there and you get a big one on Tiptoe it down it real quick. Jordan, I mean, you oh, told I run me, down that thing me all the you time. You couldn't keep Will off the front of your boat and catching redfish in his mouth. How did he lose a redfish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, look at you, and holler, Goonie Goo Goo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the hell is Goonie Goo Goo? I, cu- I couldn't keep it out of the motor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got nice. back there in the motor and, and uh, yeah. broke me off, but it happens. But I mean, from going around in Jordan's boat and, you know, no offense to Briar. Briar's got a lot more storage in his boat. Yeah. But having Jordan's open floor plan like mm-hmm. he has in his, yeah. from a utilitarian standpoint, the way I look at it, yeah, there is not a place for anything, but there's right. a place for everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah and mean, it, and it's, it's <clears throat> again, it's all in preference. It's yeah. all in what you want. You know, I've, I've got some boats that are, you know, $70,000 boats, and you've got everything in it, you know? Little flip up a little flap here, plug an extension cord in, it charges every battery in the boat. You know, it's just, yeah, just stuff like that. And it's all a matter of preference and what you enjoy. But I would say probably 60 to 70% of my customer base and people that run are that they want an open boat, they want a little bit of storage so they can put their wallet, you know, put a dry box in there or whatever. And they're happy with that. One, because for so long, We've had to fight weight because you didn't want a heavy boat because we couldn't go fast and we couldn't, you know, all that right. stuff. And so when when Vanguard started to develop their motors, Kawasaki was the first with the fuel-injected motor, their 29s, and um, they did well, but it cost you $300 for a fuel pump. You know, it was just cost-effective was not a good thing, you know. And I've been very fortunate in the history of with a lot of these guys I've been very fortunate that I've been able to to take in what they're doing and learn and and learn, you know, help them develop their products and stuff like that. And when you come across product, you know, BPS, they have a Barracuda kit, they have a Beast kit, probably the two most dependable, you know, ones that for the guy that knows nothing about a modded motor or performance, um, probably one of the most simple ones to put on and the easiest one to maintain. 
Now you can always do, you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, we were talking about earlier, they'll bore them out 40 thousandths. They'll put shave the head 60 thousandths and they'll put fuel pumps on them and you're running, you know, map gas or, you know, something in it. But, but if you follow that recipe, everybody has great recipes. If you follow that recipe, you know, um, you're going to have a motor that'll last, you know, if you don't, and you don't pay attention and you don't treat it well and that kind of thing, you're going to end up with crack rocker bosses and you're going to end up with different, <laughs> I keep picking on you. I, know. I shouldn't do that. That but, was somebody prior to me. I got a boat that I didn't know somebody yeah. had ragged out prior to me. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, that motor has been good. It's, it's a 10 year old motor too. Yeah. Well, it shoots a 2007. So it's, it's, oh, well it's older than that. Then It's 15 years. Yeah. Old, you know, the, the difference in, you know, Jordan not knowing before that somebody ragged at it before him is yeah. that now he just knows who ragged it out. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure. But had, had, you know, had he not had that open floor plan, you know, I went out, we use it this year to kill my first deer in Florida mm-hmm. and, it was, was nice to stick that two in the of bottom us. of the boat and not worry about it. No, get two, but two of us, two full size climbers, a cooler, yeah. all our hunting stuff, and yeah. then going out there. I'm like, man, we got a bunch of crap in here. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit a deer. Sure enough, we did, and I could still find my way through yeah. all that stuff back yeah. up to the seat or to the back. Granted, of the oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't. My my trim doesn't work. <laughs> so to get on plane, I have to like make a turn. And get the motor down and it'll jump on plane. But it ran us, it ran all of us and that everything in that deer on plane fine after I got on plane. While he's back there pumping the ball the whole time. Yeah. You know, if you got just ten dollar donations for all the people that you've taken out to hunt or, I know. or whatever, they could I have know. bought you a motor by now. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen years. Yeah. You know? Well, I but, need to get a trim on it, but last time I talked to you, they were like back ordered like crazy. So I just oh, haven't. It's, it's insane. Oh, so you gave me that one to See if you can piece, make it work. Piece the Thompson. It, yeah, it well, it worked enough for me to get the motor to where I needed it. Where it was in a good spot. Yeah, and then it stopped. So <laughs> that's a, I'm good where I'm at right now. Well, and and this all of these companies, honestly, Pro Drive, Gator Tail, Mud Buddy, Beaver Tail, Go Devil, all of them have evolved. And the great thing about that is we're the beneficiary of that competition. You know, um, they all have great products. They all do exactly what they say they'll do. Um, you know, go, uh, go devil has an F and R with their full yeah. neutral reverse. You know, everybody has it now. Beaver tail has it, you know, that kind of thing. So now that's, what I was going to ask you who, who's got the best true reverse pro drive, pro drive, Hands pro down. drive. Hands down. All the yeah. rest of them are static. They're, they're just like an outboard. They work, they're functional. But they are not going to drive you up into a canal that's only four inches deep of pure mud. Anything hard sand bottom, I don't care what you got, you're stuck. You're pushing. But the pro drive, if it's pure cow patty mud, you can spin that joker around, get it down in the mud, and it'll take you out just as fast in reverse. I, I as know you felt it when Briars put it in reverse. The back of the boat lift up out of the water when yeah. he goes in yeah. reverse because it's literally pushing full power down underneath the briar's reverse ain't been up. working for a while i don't know it worked that it worked the other day <laughs> did it when we went duck hunting so yeah, reverse, the, yeah. that that works because you it actually swings the you're turning the whole yeah. foot you're of the, the motor whole motor around. Yeah. yeah pro drive actually unveiled a new motor it's a 50 horsepower motor it looks just like an outboard <laughs> really it's, yeah i'll show it to you i got it right here dang that's the, sweet um, but Again, that just mean they put a cowling over it so that you can't see, in- which yeah. which helps eliminate all your uh, saltwater invasion. 
or yeah. intrusion. Yeah, I got to put on my eyes. I can't see shit. Yeah, now they're caught around your head. Come on. Look, let me brace myself. But what is a motor like that going to run? I have no clue. It's That's a new. great answer. It is new. <laughs> Literally, they, they unveiled it at a show this weekend. That is wild, man. Yeah. It um it totally floored me with uh with what it looked like. It was pretty cool. Something different. Floored in a good way or um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was something that you would not expect. In all honesty, it was something that you not expect. And there's there's a lot of them that are um the race is to get more horsepower. I, I could see that look oh wow. And I was right. What I was about to say is it looks very clean. Yeah. It's different. Wow. He's got, he's come up with instant reverse and he's got the full power. Reverse Check that out. Different things. That's like wicked. That. Oh, so it has an instant and a full power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, because cause that is, that's a that's one of the, the downsides to that full power reverse mm-hmm. is that so, you're like, hang on, let me back up and get this on the trailer. Yeah. You got to turn it around and do you it. Back yeah. a little bit. <laughs> The new it does sit. not have much of a of a with the word I don't know what the word I'm looking a tail on right the, the, the no oh wow so uh, the Swipe. first thing I, I like that yeah. for putting it in the garage the, too. The, the the first thing I think of when I see this motor and Sid's gonna laugh is is a Freedom outboard yeah Freedom was the greatest hoax that you know um I was not happy with them but. I think this thing actually looks way better than those frames. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. The um, did you look at the other one? There's another. Side. No, I didn't see the Slide. other one. Slide. Oh, from the I side. Got a couple pictures of it. Oh man, it's got the same like outboard tiller and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, to me, it looks like an old uh, Evan Rude or the old, dude. That's uh, not you're not helping, Sid. No, no. <laughs> looks like an old Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean look at look at it from the side. I mean that thing. No, it's for a mode motor. It thing's pretty sexy. And yeah. like I said, That's by not like, having a, a real long, I don't know what the, you call that. You know, back to the prop the foot. Yeah, foot. You yeah, the foot that it makes storing it for those of us who like to keep things in oh, garage wow. nicer. Yeah, no kidding. It's like sitting right over top of it. Yeah. Well, so, you, of course, you buy that thing the first year, or do you maybe wait for them to get a year or two under their belt before you buy them? I'm gonna be honest with you. Doing this twenty years. The default answer is to when it'll be ready is two weeks, and you want to wait about two years for you to. The the let the, the kinks out in the first couple of models. Yeah, the and it's it's, I think what gets lost in translation a lot of times is the, the ability people have to tear shit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, we Glenn Foreman and I and Andy and all this one day we were laughing, and um. They, and he's probably gonna get mad at me if he listens to this and hears the story. But they they were sitting in a parking lot, and he was on the sport V, and he was showing, "Look, you can go forward to reverse." Da 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 da. This thing was revved up to about three thousand RPMs, and he slammed it in reverse, and da ting 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 ting, and there went the prop, <laughs> went across the line, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, that's all part of the learning curve, you know. And it, and anytime you do something new, new, you know, even when I started doing these these turbo kits and stuff i would tell the guys hey this is new be prepared to come back and i i would say that with the mako kit that was from bps you know all these different ones that they had but the biggest thing that i try to preach to everybody is you know 
always be willing to work with them because this is all new technology and it's stuff that nobody's ever done. So they don't know what the limits are. They don't know what real world limits are. They can have controlled test studies. You know, yep. it's like it's so, like bringing a bringing a drug to market. Oh, we tested fifty people. Unfortunately, twenty five of them died. But it's a good product. You know? Yeah, so, <laughs> it has a fifty percent success rate. It has what a fifty percent success rate. All right, you know, I have Ramdesivir kills people every day. I have a nineteen fifty. <laughs> like, I have a nineteen fifty two MG that I had rebuilt. So it's seventy year old motor, right? Mm-hmm. And had rebuilt and you fit in that seriously? I do. Me what and Jim both like fit in that one night. Airplane cock, cockpit steering wheel on. No, it's, it's got a big old wood <laughs> steering wheel. Things badass. Man, it hops along. But oh, dear. <clears throat> the uh, it, it 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 does take a little getting used to because like your feet fill up the whole foot well, but yeah, yeah. You know, like, where I was going with the whole story though is seventy year old motor. So you get it, you tell yourself, you know. I'm never going to drive this thing more than like 45, 50 miles an hour. But you get used to it. You're driving like, hey, no. And it was my dad's. And, and then next, you know, so you're driving and next thing I'm, I'm doing 70, 75, which is about topped out. The, got a death wobble. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then, in, you know, now you're like starting to go through the gears faster. And the point was, you said, I'm only going to run it this hard. Right. But the harder you're running, like, I wonder what else you can do. What, yeah. Well, you're doing that until. How fast I'm, can I bump this thing? On the, on the back of the motor, there's actually a, a pressure release plate. That if you manage to build up too much pressure in your in your cooling system, what ends up happening is that thing just pops, Bows and next thing you know, you got hot gas <laughs> shit yeah. coming into your Blowing into your cockpit. Yeah. I figured out how I, it took me a while, but I figured out just how hard you could drive that MG. Absolutely, right? yeah. But that's no matter what they build, some redneck is going Absolutely. to find where going to find the weak spot yeah listen well, whatever your tolerance is we're gonna find it that's like when i first got my boat i ran it doesn't have a rev limiter i drove the dog piss out of that thing yeah right and then i was up at sids one day and sids like you really shouldn't run it over this rpm and ever since then i've just kind of there may be a spurt or two here or there where i'm like oh <laughs> shit i need to and i like rail into it real quick mm-hmm. but i don't ever hold it all out like i used to and it yeah I, I remember. I haven't I blew another that, head. That yeah. time period when you're like, yeah, uh, it's, I'm really only supposed to run about to these, to, to this, you know, RPMs. And then they kind of slowed down a little bit. Things were a little easier. <laughs> the boat wasn't broke every four days. Right. It was only broke every two and a half weeks. I have noticed that I've gotten a lot, far less phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason what, they put governors he, on things. When he texted me. Um, last week, he's like, "Hey man, we really want to get you back on the show." When I saw his name pop up there, and, and I hadn't seen what the text he's was, like, "Something like, broke." I'm like, "Oh shit, Jordan broke something." <laughs> I it up and I'm like, hey, I want you on the show, and I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, I'll come to the show." <laughs> do, you, do you have guys in your phone that instead of a ping or whatever, whenever they call you, there's like a cash register symbol that just goes "kaching." <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I I do have them that I look and I'm like, "Oh no, not him again." And then put it <laughs> But the, I know the the guy that had my not the guy that originally because my boat was like run down like crazy and then this kid Brandon bought it yeah he did the turf yeah he did the turf and repainted I mean, he really it really made it look good yeah and uh, Brandon didn't run it hard but the kid that yeah. I got it from that got it after Brandon ran it like crazy yeah and I remember talking to Sid like right after I'd gotten it Sid was like dude this guy would call me like every other week. <laughs> He was like something about the carburetors. He's like, he's like, I would tune them, 
and then the kid would retune them himself, and they'd go to shit. And he'd bring me, he'd back for the carburetors every single time he came back. Yeah. And he, it, it, those, the twin twin carburetor setups were pretty cool. They were they were cool. They looked cool and that kind of thing. But they were like tuning a dragster every time you went out. You had to dial your your carbs in, get it, to, and you could hear the motor when it was running smooth and it's running good. You hear it, and you're like, "Oh, that's the sound I need to get yeah. to." So. The big thing is trying, My, like trying to teach you, is telling you, "Hey, yeah. this is how you want it to sound." Once he figured it out, he knew how to do all that stuff. I would say mine got way out of tune a while back, and I kind of forgot. I just YouTubed a bunch of, watched like ninety YouTube videos, and I sat out there with a screwdriver and like tuned it, and then I would let it sit for like fifteen minutes, and I listen. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Tune it. I've actually got it now, to where I can flip it in gear and leave it like in the water, not have to trim it up or anything. Leave it in the water, and it'll idle. And that's a lot of those. It's just a matter of, of how it, you know, from back in the day, though, like your motor from back in the day, they used to balance the cylinders, you know, um, performance V twin up in, in the Carolinas. He would balance your cylinders and love his motors, but it would take you forever to get one, you know? Yeah. And that that's now it's about production, how fast you can get it to market, how fast it'll work and that kind of thing. And, um, but the, I, I just think that the parts have gotten better. You know, um, there's more attention to detail. And I don't think that there's one perfect performance kit because you can put one idiot at the handle and he'll blow it up 30 seconds, 30 feet yeah. you know, kind of thing, you know. And it's um, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It just is what it is. You know, they, you're going to learn one of two ways. Either to listen to your guy that's telling you how to run it or you're going to go out there and open up your wallet. Yeah, you're gonna pay to fix it. Yeah, but I, I, I'm one of those old timers that I hate paying to fix stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it hurts my feelings. You know what? We're talking about YouTube, and this kind of gets me. Maybe you've noticed this too. Do you do you sometimes feel like when you're kind of looking at the, maybe every generation's felt this way. YouTube, you can, man, you can find how to do heart surgery on YouTube. You can (laughs) fix. If you want to fix something, somebody's got a pretty detailed way how to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Yet I seem to find, even in the simplest things, like people today are scared to change oil. Yeah. Right. The yeah, and I understand the problem like with just a simple brake, but now I mean everything's four wheel, uh, disc brakes. Mm-hmm. But then they get them damn little sensors and shit in there that are pain in the butt. But <laughs> well, just using that examples of things that. Guys our age, yeah. you know, you taught by your father, taught by your neighbor, taught by your brother, and you, yeah. you just learn how to do things, and there's certain things that you just, right, you do. And I don't particularly enjoy getting into the nitty-gritty of things because the time. Right. Right, or you don't have the tools in the space. If you right. got the tools in the space, that makes a whole other thing. Yeah. But with YouTube, you'd think that today everybody would be fixing everything, and I find it's just the opposite. It seems like nobody knows how to. Like, oh my well, God, light's out. I guess we're going to live in the dark, you know? Yeah. Like, or they'll can't change that it. bulb. They'll look at it and they go, oh, I, I really don't want to do that, you know? And then they start looking for who does do it. Oh, so I think it's come down to laziness, but. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Well, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I'm, I don't know that it's necessarily laziness. We have become a society that we want it and somebody has it. We want it now. Uh, yeah, we're a disposable society. Yeah. yeah. We're truly a disposable society. I mean, I got we got a Jeep Renegade at the house, right? I asked the guy, "Hey man, I need you to service the transmission." We were going through the car and everything. He goes, 
um, we don't service those. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you just throw it out and get a new one. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? They don't rebuild trannies anymore? No, for this Jeep Renegade that we got. Yeah. They don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most retarded thing I've ever heard yeah, in my I'm life. Running plastic you know? gears in there or something. Yeah. So I'm like, well, how expensive is it? And he goes, I don't know. I can find out for you. I said, no, mine's working fine. I'll, I'll worry about that when I get to that bridge. Yeah. You know, but it's insane how how disposable this society is. They're, they're changing transmission fluid and things at least though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can okay. drain it. You can drain it, put more in it, but you don't know how how it is. You don't know the internals. You can't, you know, <clears throat> fix your clutch dogs or anything like that that's inside of it. Like the old style, you know, 400 blocks. You get out of a so when you park. drain it, if there's a lot of metal shavings in it, it's probably time to get a new one, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm I'm befuddled by that one. I don't I don't understand it. You know? It's like a Briggs and Stratton motor that I'm befuddled by, and I've been working on for 20 years now. That you're expected to have metal in your oil, you know? And they're like, um, why would you have metal in your oil? Well, they got friction services inside there. It's aluminum on stainless or steel or whatever, and you know, you've got wear bars on it. I mean. <laughs> the metal just yeah. doesn't just sit there, you know. You're gonna wear it out, and there, people for the life of me, these motors are indestructible and they go through a lot of stuff. But for the life of me, I've never known for a motor to to be built so that you have metal in your oil. <laughs> so I just, it seems counterintuitive. Yeah, a lot of is. friction, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, they're turning a lot of RPMs and and that kind of thing, but. It works. You know, I, I had a 23 that had a hole in the side of the block. And the only reason why it shut off was because the oil drained out. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there. I, I didn't see the hole. It was about the size of a, you know, an eraser on the back of a pencil. I poured more oil and I said, oh, he's out of oil. I poured a cord in there and I fired that baby off and it shot oil out 10 feet out the side of the motor. And I went, oh, holy hell. I took it off. <laughs> Time yeah. for some JV weld. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put the hole in there, man. Somebody shoot him? I have no clue. No clue. To this day, I have no clue what caused that hole in the side of that block. I have seen... Now, Evan Bump <laughs> used to have a motor that had a wicked crack yeah. right between the two heads. Yeah. We JB welded it. Yeah. And he, he probably that, put it... He, he, he probably on that motor forever. He probably put another 400 hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. With the JB, just the the crack was JB welded closed. Yeah. Now we've talked a lot about advancements in motor technology and all that stuff, but how yeah. far have hulls come since? Hulls have come tremendously a long way. I mean, there's a lot of them that are proven and they work well and and they do what they do. What what did we start on? Was it just a lot of riveted aluminum boats, and then oh, yeah. we went to all weld? boats and then now you've got yep. round chines and square chines and step chines again, chines again and- you've got like go devil go to again warren coco is the godfather and i i have the privilege of knowing him and getting to talk to him on a regular basis with stuff but he was he built his boats he was the original all one piece welded aluminum boat you know and this is i'm talking about back in freaking the seventies when he was doing this, you know, and that's kind of where all these other boat manufacturers come from. You know, go devil did this. He built a cookie cutter boat. That's the way you bought it. That's the only way you got it. Nothing wrong with it, but that was his idea of the perfect boat. Well, Gator tracks didn't like how go devil did that boat. So they started their own boat. 
Prodigy got mad at Gator Tracks. Gator Tracks wouldn't build it the way Prodigy wanted to build it, and hence there's Prodigy, you know. So necessity has always been the mother of invention. We all know that. But at the same time, from what they were, I mean, hell, we got lights and steps on the hunt decks on the back of these. Yeah. What the hell do you need a light for back there, you know? Uh, I just – I don't get that. But if you want it, you can get it, you know. Um, the – you can get lights on the side of the boat recessed in where you turn them on. You can set your boat up, walk out, turn those lights on, set your decoys, come back to your boat, get inside, turn your green lights on, sit down in there, cook a bunch of breakfast, eat some biscuits. And get ready we to saw kill that the them. Ducks Unlimited boat they gave away. Had, oh, that Ducks Unlimited boat was a discotheque, <laughs> man. That thing was a sham. Fleer dude. on the front of it or yeah. something like that. I mean, they had all kinds of weird <laughs> shit on there. But um, One of my customers, Heiss, Heiss has these pod lights, right? And it goes to a module that you can mount in the boat. You put eight lights on it. You can actually do 16 lights if you want to. But it has these splitters, and you put these lights on it. And um, one of my one of my techs had put it in, you know, and I'd seen it, and I'm like, oh, those are cool. And you pull it up on your phone, and it's just a color wheel. Oh, you tap your finger on that, and they're orange. You tap your finger on that, they're green. Or you can program in, like, eight different colors. Turn on the radio on your phone. And it'll play the music to the colors. The colors will be flashing Jesus, all over the like Christmas site. lights? Yeah. It's party yeah. boat, man. There's okay. um, one of the guys that's in the in the marsh. He sets his boat to blue and white. <laughs> because he Just wants re- people to think he's the gay man. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I got my, that's horrible. But, but no, but I put some in his and I saw it working. I'm going, holy crap, you know? So... It's like a bunch of rainbow people doing ass. Oh, so I, I got places. something, some kind of like somebody had some like a, a rock light kit for a truck in their shop, and it was still in the box. And I was like, "What are you doing with that?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't want it. I was like, "Let me have that. Let me get that." Oh yeah. So I don't know if it does all the color stuff, but it's got like damn ten lights on it. Oh, it'll have all but the different colors. It. it the might. funniest one that I saw was down. They had I just these, want red, honestly, because it doesn't dilate my pupils at night. <laughs> they had a flagpole with lights, right? Oh, yeah. And one of my – his boat's at my shop right now. He just brought it up today. His will play to the radio and stuff. And he said – and he's Cuban. So he'll take and put this, this music on there and blare it so people see this flag, you know, down in Okeechobee, going all these colors and stuff on it so they don't run over his stuff, you know. Jeez. It's crazy as could be. They're – one guy, we put a 10-speaker sound bar in his boat. Good Lord. And he goes out there and plays Little Yachty in the middle of the marsh at <laughs> 2 in the morning. I'm surprised you, <laughs> I'm surprised Sid knows who Little Yachty is. <laughs> Only because of my boy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that I've ever heard any of music, but I've heard the name. <laughs> I've never heard the name. so It's all rap music. Oh, I, assume I couldn't was, tell you yeah. what they sing, but... But no, but yeah, he plays it out there and, and he'll turn it off and you'll hear people across him, quit playing that shit, yeah. you know. I you seen you give it about 10 or 12 years, you're going to know all kinds of stuff. I seen it. somebody was uh, last, I think it was opening weekend in the marsh, somebody was playing uh, Taps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> There's been some crazy stuff. Yeah. But how about yeah. the surface uh, bottom, what do you call them? The surface bottom paints, the... Oh, oh like Gator Glide. Slick Gator, Glide. Gator Glide's Quick yeah. Slick, yeah. Quick, yeah. I forget. I got a, picked up a can from you, the Quick Slip. You're, mm-hmm. you're the one that turned me on. I said, ah, you know, I can get bottom of my G3 paint. I just been up on sandbars and whatnot. 
and you were you think you were the one that turned me on to that and Matt was kind enough to put it on my boat. It's already chipping off though. Yeah, um, could it was it's still with the chipping off with the driver. Um <laughs> it happened early, but I he did it as a favor and I, I, I love him for it. But man, uh first time I backed the boat down and I was warned, right? But the first time I backed that thing down the ramp and I got in there and my wife Don't unhook it. it. <laughs> oh yeah. Usually we unhook it and then a little backup and, man, she unhooked it. <laughs> and then the first time I went hammering down the St. John's, um, it was a totally flat day and you get down uh down by Iron Bend, you know, kind of by uh, on the way to Lake Harney. Yeah. And I usually come flying down that thing and I'll I'll drift a little bit. Holy shit, man. I started drifting on that going around Iron Bend and I had to throw the I had to throw the throttle back in a hurry. Yeah. Because yeah. man, there was just there was just no surface friction whatsoever, man. I started going sideways and sideways I was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it did. It probably added three, four miles an hour to oh, yeah. the top end of that thing. The funny, funny part, one of the guys, he's a great guy, Pepe Vidal, one of the nicest dudes you'll ever see on the internet. He hunts with Jeff Cranick and those guys, Captain Jeff. And um, at the event last year, he gets up there to the boat ramp. He gets to the thing. He un- oh, un- yeah, un- yeah, One yeah. of his buddies unhooks it, and he's like, man down. It's like right in the parking lot. And I look at him and go, Pepe. And he's like, he just gives me the look like, oh, my God. So we all run over there, and we pick it up and slide it back on the trailer. But <laughs> that's it's great stuff, but it can be the most aggravating stuff as well, too. I don't know, man. I think I, th- I love it. it. Just I've noticed it ever since I put it in that. I'm not running a mud boat. Yeah. But if you're going to go over logs and those floating islands and, and large patches of hydrilla, yeah. it's got to be a game changer. Oh, we, The first time I ever saw it happen, I'm trying to, I can't remember what boat ramp I was at, but it was a real steep boat ramp. And um, the there was a guy, he's like, oh, hey, Sid, how's it going? I said, good, man. He goes, I love my quick slick. It works perfect. Same thing. His buddy walks over there and you hear a click. And then you're, <laughs> he's like, grab the handle, grab the handle. He goes, I can't. And they're running around behind it to grab a hold of the boat. They went you back up there real quick. And I was like, this, there was only one lane and it was like 50 yards down to the water. <laughs> I was like, oh, that would have been ugly. Especially if it was in the parking lot, you know. Like that ramp at the Swanee. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They build those things so that when the water goes high, it just climbs up the ramp. You can still put in. But, we'll, we'll quit oh, at yeah. the bottom of the canoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I nice. need to I need to do mine, but the the only reason I haven't done mine is because there's there's one of two things that quick slick does is it it, it either keeps you from getting stuck or you get stuck a further. lot more stuck. <laughs> All right, and then, it you can get and, stuck yeah, further. In my case, I'm probably gonna end up getting stuck further. More than anything, because I'm the person that, where like, I, like I tell William when I drive through, I'm like, listen, drive it. I can hear, I, don't, I can hear don't, him yeah. in the marsh. Hey William, hold my beer. I've seen Jordan. I've seen Jordan get out of the boat after getting stuck, and I can't remember what kind of weeds we're in, but we get. He's wet. And he's like, man. I oh, that wasn't all that over. was yeah. That yeah. was uh, that was when I had that old uh, 1448 tracker with that 28 Subaru on it. <laughs> yep. Oh yep. god, that boy That's was funny. down there butt naked in the lake, just scratching, scratching to get it everything off. <laughs> I went, I went frog gigging one night, 
and we had run through a couple of different ponds and a lot of big frogs and we went out and my niece came into town and she was golly she's probably 18 17 18 years old and she goes uncle said i want to go frog gigging i'm like all right let's go and i had an old 23 beaver tail long tail and um i forget what boat i had it on might have been a tracker or a go custom or one of those and um i'm hauling butt in between the two lakes and it only been like a week and a half since the last time i was there <laughs> and i'm running along i had quick stick on the bottom of it running along and all of a sudden i go and i stop and i go good gracious there must be a bunch of weeds i said hold on so let me just step out here and i'm gonna hold on to the boat so i don't fall through <laughs> i was in cow pasture i stepped out and was walking around <laughs> and i looked at her and i said honey you're gonna have to get out <laughs> she's like she's like what happened i said well there was water here last week but not today and she just started laughing and then she loved it you know ultimately she ended up loving it because we we pushed the boat on across and she got into the water, and we were probably in calf deep water, you know. And she shines her light to the right, and there's a little two or three foot alligator right next to her. And she's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, an alligator!" And I'm like, "Don't worry, he won't mess with you." But you pinky do, yeah. But it was that stuff. It will hurt your feelings every now. And then. Yeah, oh yeah. It'll do it. But Briar's full power verse actually saved me one time. Yeah, because we were running down a real skinny trail, and I hit the end of the trail. <laughs> Briar was behind me. <laughs> And he he couldn't turn around, so he just had to put it in first and yank yeah. me offshore. Hook it on there. Let's go. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm sure he won't let you live it down either. No, he won't. <laughs> oh, no, no, Briar. Briar's nope. in my A tonight. I was looking yeah, He's got to work in the morning. Or he's got to work tonight. He told me to F off. He was trying to sleep. So Yeah. Fair he's enough. Four-letter word. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he had to work tonight. I was just trying to get him to come to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like I love that feller because we we were talking about that. Like he is got a disproportionate fear of snakes. A lot of people a little heebie-jeebie about snakes, <laughs> but that man Brian's the first guy. You're in the nastiest, dankest. Like you know, there's a thirty foot alligator living in here. If the boat stuck, no hesitation, right over into the water. The stuff that gives everybody a bit of the willies. Yeah, and I'm like, you're scared of. It. You're you know surrounded by snakes, snakes around you right now, where <laughs> like, you're standing at. Not even think twice about it. But man, if there's a little garter snake in his yard, oh yeah, oh, scream like a girl and run out. I don't want to scream like <laughs> a girl, but he's genuinely there. There might be a little bit of effeminate body action in there, you know. Like, <laughs> you know? Um, oh man, but such a great fellow, man. Yeah, give you the shirt off his back. I've got a, I've got a yellow rat snake. I'm not kidding you. He's she, whatever it is, probably four and a half, five feet long. That's oh, a boot, yeah. That's a booty right. crockett rat snake. It's been around forever. I mean, and I love, I get black snakes there and that kind of stuff. And because I've also got a healthy population of pygmies around my place. But, you know, I love those guys because they'll eat those little ones, right? So one day <laughs> this rat snake gets on my, my mother-in-law's porch <laughs> And Lori's screaming, there's a snake in here. There's a snake. And I go in there and I grab it by the tail. And it's long enough. It can't do anything. You know, you pick it up, shake it down, just walk around. With what are you doing? I said, I'm not killing him. I'm taking, put him in another spot. And we would see this thing up in the trees. And my dogs would go batshit crazy whenever they'd see a snake because they hate them. 
but and they, and it's weird how they know between a poisonous one and a and a non venomous one. But the um, he would I'd set him on the tree. It got to be such a regular occurrence around the shop that I just pick him up and he he just sit in my hand and I carry him off to the thing. One day, one day there was a customer there and that snake came out across the driveway and he was looking and I saw him watching the snake and I'm like, don't kill the snake. Don't touch my snake. And he's like, he goes, um, Sid. I'm like, what? He goes, come here. There's a big ass snake in the driveway. I said, oh, that's Fred. And they're like, what? I said, yeah, this is Fred. He ain't going to hurt you. He goes, no, snakes are not good. I said, he's fine. And I ran it over there and I grab a hold of him. He's like, ah! And he takes off running. <laughs> he goes, don't you come near me with a damn snake. I wasn't always that way about snakes. And, well, garter snakes and things like that, or rat snakes never bother me. But even, like, I don't even kill the rattlers anymore. I, no. I did the one that struck my boot a couple, two seasons ago. But, um. Yeah, that just, they're just not inherently evil. I understand. I understand because they're creepy and they walk along the grass, but, yeah, or but, crawl around. But I, I think I've come to an understanding with rattlesnakes. Uh, if I'm in their house, yeah. they're good to go. Yeah, if they're in my house. Yeah, that's a little different. You got yeah, that's a good you point. I mean? yeah. But I, <clears throat> if they're around your house, you got to move them. Right. But I, yeah. I don't even know if I found one in my house. Um, I, I think I do everything I can to. to trap it and relocate it you know i've yeah, done I, some dumb things and pinned them and maybe i've told the story and if i forgive it but the first rattlesnake i ever relocated i uh it was it was up in cape sandblast and pinned it down the brood handle reached down behind his head and picked it up and i had lobster gloves um i don't know what in the world possessed me to think <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that like fangs were Soft as opposed to hard. Oh, no. <laughs> and thankfully, I had that broom handle that I pinned it down with my hand. So before I stuck my finger up there to see how hard they bite, I put that broom handle in there. And even though it only had like maybe an inch of wiggle room, man, it hit this little snake that was probably only three feet long. Yeah. I want to say it had like an inch and a half fangs. And when it hit that broom handle, it was whack. Yeah. And razor sharp. Yeah. And the amount of venom that poured down that broom handle. Yeah. Was abs- and then all of a sudden I felt like I was holding on to a live grenade. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. You're like, oh you know? shit, I got a hold of it now. What do I do? Yeah. And but you know, that was just a respect thing and, and nothing bad happened. And I went quarter mile down the road and threw it into the into the weeds or into the brush. But um just as I've gotten older and started learning a little bit more about how rattlesnakes like they don't they don't even they like hit sexual maturity until like eight feet long. <laughs> Not that big, but yeah, but it's crazy. they take a while and they don't yeah. they don't reproduce a lot. They don't make big broods and no. Nope. So I just I just leave them be, man. I'm a I'm a let the snakes live, man. <laughs> like I said, yeah, you gotta you gotta respect water moccasins. You gotta respect um, rattlesnakes. Um, but certainly all those ones that are non venomous, yeah, just man. The, they're eating the things that you probably don't want in your yard. The yeah. mice, the rats, yeah. crickets. I've had a couple of the the <coughs> king snakes that look like coral snakes, you know. And uh, yeah, Lori says there's only two good kinds of snakes. The ones I kill and the ones I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she'll tell you in heartbeats. Now, Sid, is there anything we haven't covered that you think is important when it comes to mud motors and 
mud boats and I think he touched on it earlier is, is maintenance is key. You know, um, you can't, you can't take it, put it up after every hunt, not check your oil, not, you know, do the simple stuff with it. But maintenance is a huge, huge deal with these. And and the more, the better care you take care of it, you know, the longer it's going to last you, the better it's going to treat you. Less it's going to leave you stranded. Yeah. Right. We all did. You know, and I, I was an idiot with my first surface drive. So it's all of us did it because holy cow we can go 20 miles an hour with yeah. all these things you know yours was a little more special because it was it was a pretty cool package with it and but now there's guys you know the first thing they want to know when i do any kit how fast am i gonna go and i'm like well it'll go as fast as your boat will go yeah <laughs> like, depends on your hull. yeah they're like what do you mean by that i'm like dude you could put a 400 pound fire breathing dragon on the back of it that boat's only gonna run 30 miles an hour yeah you know? and that's just the inherent design of a hull but most of the hulls i think like you alluded to earlier about how have they progressed over the years there's a lot of great hulls that are out there that that move they turn they handle you know and then there's some that they slide but it's part of you know you just learn how to drive it not that it's no, a say, I, hull, there, it's, you, know, you know there's a lot of people i i love al my gator tracks because it has a round shine that it just digs hard in a turn and it turns. But there's a lot of people that'll have like a gator tail or something else that, that want their boat to slide. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't have any reason why I would ever want mine to slide, but I like it. Yeah. I like the drift. Well, the B and yeah, there's one of, one of the craziest guys that I know. He's a good friend. It's called ZZ Luke Zam's country safaris over in Louisiana. He will take his pro drive boat. And while you're running 30 miles an hour, he'll make it crab sideways and look at you like, isn't that cool? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not cool. So, but, but it, again, every boat has a limitation. Every boat has their expectation and every boat has their stuff that goes above and beyond and performs well and does all that stuff. And there's a lot of good hauls out there, you know, there's a lot of them and they're not getting any cheaper. <laughs> it's it's one thing to sit there and want to ask for speed out of a, a boat like a mud boat but the mm-hmm. real question is is you you want to go fast you really want to go fast i get it how yeah. fast do you want to hit a tree a stump or dry land yeah well, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah, who, who, yeah. who makes the best haul for kissing off a tree right <laughs> running over jagged rocks you know <laughs> that's most the haul them, i want most man. of them don't no yeah. but no but it, again speed kills that's <laughs> what so i tell everybody faster yeah. you go the more damage you're gonna do it's not the little oh i bumped off a tree today no plus most you of the time i mean awful lot of mud boaters you're out there you're running in the that's what i'm saying dark, you... 30 foggy yeah now oh, I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in in, in whole wise i'm thinking about for me it's like i i, I really want a dry gun box something i can put my shells in and then i don't get all soggy place store your life vests where they're out of the way until you know yeah. somebody needs them and and I don't know, it'd be a comfortable seats would be nice too, but you know, <laughs> they do have those in millenniums. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millenniums, yeah. They'll you make your butt smile when you sit in one. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got one of my funny, G, but. You know what's funny is uh, Briar made fun of me when I put millennium seats in my 12 foot John boat. <laughs> and he was like, Why are you, fun of you too, yeah, well, he's like, he's like, Why are you putting, why are you putting $100 seats in a 12 foot John boat? It's a badass 12 foot John boat now, all right. <laughs> And uh, the perfect 10 it would be if he'd take care on. of it. I've got a nine nine on it right now. No, a 10 horsepower mud motor. Oh, yeah. maybe. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> he just posted it the other day. And then, and then did, Jordan, did. Well, or and then uh, yeah. Briar got and sat in one of those seats. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have to get some of these for my boat. I'm like, yeah, that's why they're in my boat. Because <laughs> I don't want to sit in something that's uncomfortable. I like when it rains, I can thump it and still sit on it and not get yeah. a wet ass. Yeah. <laughs> I got two of them. My wife's like, why do we need these new seats? And she sat in one. I was like, what you think? She's like, we need two oh, more yeah. new seats. No, yeah. no loves it. You tell her get up, turn around, you look up. Yep, your ass is smiling now too. Exactly, <laughs> they are. Those things are great seats, you know. Uh, and because compared to whatever, I don't even know who made the seats. Came with the boat. They were nice and cushiony, but not compared to not compared to that. Plus, you know, bought the um, the brackets with a nice spring underneath them. So when you hit, because as well as you know, riding in that, especially up front in that boat. When you get that short period waves, wham, 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 wham. Yeah. Kill you. Yeah. But those things are awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I've sat in a Millennium tree stand, and when I saw they made, when they came out with those marine seats, I was like, yeah. got to have it. Yeah. They've, they've got camouflage seats now. they got all kinds of different stuff. So, I, Jim had talked earlier about uh, one thing he was looking for was, or he had said something about how dry a boat rides. Quote me if I'm wrong, said, but I don't think there's many mud boats that are uh, perfectly dry riding boats. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, I don't care if the boat rides wet. I want the lockers to be dry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some. They're, you know. My locker alum- stays dry. Yeah. Aluminum inherently sweats anyway. So if you keep it outside and you store it outside, you get leaves in it and your drain tracks get plugged up and the water builds up and spills right over into it. You know, that kind of thing. But for the most part, most of these dry boxes that they've got now, you can store stuff in it. You don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, all of them. That's kind of the the thing that you want to be able to do. Be able to, like you said, put shells in there or put your gun in there and not worry about it getting wet. That kind of thing. Yeah. And and as far as like dry rides go, we hunt when it's the worst weather. Yeah. When it's blowing 30, you got to go across wind. <laughs> And you're splashing the water out of the front because you got four guys in the boat. And you're the guy in the back driving. Your motor soaked. You're soaked, and you're going, "Oh damn, y'all need nah. to get out." <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that way. Just to be clear, I, I mean, that's what I got. I got really good rain gear for that reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no man. It's, but but because I don't care if I get wet. But it's, yeah, I've, you want your I've been important gear to where stay dry. Guy opens up the gun box. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna just leave it out of here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen some where the the tracks just get clogged or the boat's tilted to one side and the water can't run out the side of the lid like it's supposed to, and it'll put four inches of water in a gun box in a heartbeat. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the sticking feature for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an okay hull, but man, it's got one hell of a gun box. Give me, yeah, so, <laughs> right, yeah, that's the truth. So. But but now there and again. There's been so many advancements in, in, in all the manufacturers. They'll build anything you want, you know. Just get ready to pay for it, you know. Uh, not a bad thing. Because, I mean, so ta- Jordan, perfect example. He bought the boat that he thought was the perfect boat 15 years ago. And that boat has withstood everything he's put it through in 15 years. You've had that boat 15 years? No, I've had it for four, but the boat's 15 years old. The boat yeah, itself is 15 years old. But, I mean, the that boat, if it could tell you stories, you know. It's taken it a licking and kept on ticking. 
yeah. for the most yeah. part. Well, Gator well, Tracks got... had him like his uh, airborne Jordan on their site. Yeah, the TikTok. I got a video out right now. Oh, well, it's been out forever, but it was the first time I ever jumped a dike. We were down in Broadmoor, and we were jumping into Centauri, and they put down PVC pipes, and we had Quick Slick. We were just starting to play with Quick Slick, and, you know, this is 10, 15 years ago. And my buddy's got his 20-foot boat that he's built patterned after a Gator Tracks and everything. He's got We've got a modded motor. It's like my baby, one of the ones that big motors I've built up and made it this powerful breathing dragon. And he takes out, takes a big old circle. He goes, you're not going to ride in the boat? And I said, nope, put me off on the shore right there. <laughs> and that joker came through there, and he thought he had to hit it pretty hard to get across. With that quick slick on the PVC pipe, he was two feet off the ground when he went across the top of that bike. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he hits the other side, and he hits the one, and he's like, woo-hoo! And I'm like, oh, hell no. Come <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm like, but, and he jumped it back through there again, but. It didn't do anything to the bottom of the boat. I mean, it's a testament to, to how construction is now. Mm-hmm. They're making them bigger, better, stronger kind of thing. You know? There's a lot of them that changed the, just the width of their longitudinal stringers made that hull that much stronger. You know? But there are some big, heavy, um, heavily built boats. But like you said, I and Kent Saxon gets mad at me at Gator Tracks because I tell him, I said, dude, I took my boat off the trailer the other day and I demoed a brick building with it and I put it back on and I rode it that <laughs> night. And he goes, please don't say that to anybody. Like, well, I did. And he goes, no, you didn't. <laughs> so, I just said it to you. <laughs> right? But he's like, man, he goes, somebody will try it. <laughs> and I, yeah. said, I said, no, nah, nobody will do that. But Sid but, said. Yeah. yeah. But my now my boat, the, the story about my boat is – Guy had it on the back of his trailer um, and had parked four inches into a no parking zone. The tow truck came, towed, truck, boat, trailer, everything, just took it. And he's going down the road, going back to the tow yard. Truck comes off the back of the hooks. Oh. Goes straight up 50 miles an hour into a doctor's office. My boat that I've got now was sideways in the back of his truck. His truck was totaled. Trailer was total because it broke the winch stand when it slid off and went through his tailgate, and it's sitting up on top of it. And I and I look at this boat when it comes. I said, "You want me to just get it fixed and put it back in the duck?" He goes, "No." He goes, "I don't know what's wrong with that boat." No, he goes, "But I don't know what I'm going to do with two boats." And I said, well, "I'll buy it from you." Like, <laughs> he's like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I'll buy it from you." I've been running that boat for six years since you did that, you know. And I'm like, and I had I had a crack on the bow. But that that just for me was a testament to how well built, you know, Gator Tracks boat is and the way it performs and the way it does, you know, the abuse yeah. that it can take. And then you think about how long that boat's been around and the abuse that it's had, you know. I'm starting to get a feeling for what I might want. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gator right. Tracks hull and what was the who's got the best reverse again? <laughs> Pro drive. Pro drive. Yeah, with the Sid track. just right. sold Sid just sold a nice Gator Tracks with a Pro Drive on it. Yeah. We just put it out. We done, we've done, you know, these boats right now are taking nine to ten months to build. The way everything is now, honestly, with all of the boat manufacturers, everybody that's out there, we are truly the beneficiary because of their competition between themselves. And that's, you know, that's the only way you can get better products is that there is that competition. Yeah. You know? 
the um you can't you can't rest on your laurels so to speak and just continue I, to use what you use i do gotta at least ask and i feel like there's a lot of people that want to know <laughs> what's the story behind the pontoon boat with the mud boat around it? <laughs> <laughs> should have started with that i'm actually doing a second one for him <laughs> are you <laughs> yeah so the he owns he owns over on Panasofki. There's a fish camp called Idlewild, and he just bought it. He's had it a couple of years. He's been re, revamping it, fixing it up, and doing all that stuff. He had this 24 foot pontoon that came with the place when he bought it, and he had an out. He was going to put an outboard on it, but then he saw the mud motors, and he was like, "Man, how cool would this be to go up Rainbow River and be able to go around Lake Panasofki and you know do sunset tours." stuff like that and so he brings me this blank 24 foot pontoon and he goes i want to put them up and i'm going seriously and he's like yeah he goes i think it'll be cool i don't need to go fast and i'm like right so i wish we'd have taken video you know i i got my drone out to take and follow us when we were running it we had six of us on it no handrails all turkey seats in front of the helm that we installed on it. And we put this this 40, 40 horse mud buddy on the back of it. And that joker ran 19 miles an hour. Like, is it so, a trihole? No. That's it's just a regular 24-inch pontoon with 24-inch punt and party bar. So he, he Listen, brings no, it. That is a duck blind extraordinaire is what right? that is right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And he so he um he takes it. He calls me a week later and he's like, dude, I have to call you. I got to tell you, this is the best thing ever. He goes, and I just want it for my people that come and stay so I can take them out, grab a bottle of wine, get on the boat, everybody, I drive them around and it's good. And so he's like, this has been the most phenomenal thing. Everybody loves them. I got a 19 footer. I want you to put it on. And I'm like, same same style boat. He goes, no, mine's, this one's got a 300 Yamaha on. I need you to take that off and put them on. I'm going, I'm going all right and then and i had a customer selling a motor you know it just worked out for him we could put, put another one up. we hadn't got it finished yet but that other one was strictly from scratch it was just a flat board two pontoons on the bottom of it no lights nothing he brought it back for me to do the 10-hour service when he brought the other one to me he had built a bench burn it with a torch you know benches and build a, a back rail and a front and he puts a picnic table in the middle of it and they'll sit around the picnic table and he cruises Panasofki with it does sunset tours goes back in the marsh to look at alligators and do all kinds of stuff that's pretty neat yeah, it yeah. was pretty cool when he told yeah. me about it so and i told Lori <laughs> the first time i took it out for a ride Lori, i'm riding and she turns out looks at me and i'm going i'm shaking my head yes a big grin on my face and she goes no, we are not getting one. <laughs> I'm like, come on, they got them everywhere. You I know, feel like there was. Of, yeah. You know what kind of blind you could put on that thing? Right? You could just yeah. name it King of the Marsh. Oh yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of my buddies right now. One of my buddies right now. He calls it the Shagging Wagon, yeah. but, but they're building a duck blind on it, and um, we're trying to figure out what kind of mud motor we're gonna put on. That's. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like when you posted that picture or those pictures of it on Facebook. It got shared to so many wives going, I know, baby, right? we need this. Yeah. <laughs> I know you That's said you. That's the perfect rig for the Swanee, though. He says. Yeah. Because it's oh, so yeah. shallow upstream. You well, you run that bad boy. You yes. had the guys that logged the, the Swanee. What was that logging show? Oh, yeah. You had the McCracken. 
and um, God, what was it? They had the pirate, the pirate All booty I can think on, of the, on show. the side oh, yeah, of the yeah, pontoon yeah. boat, and they would run that down the Swanee and pick logs with it. He know? says they have a mud motor on that. No, no, no mud motor. It was an outboard. But, he says, uh, yeah. "Baby, listen, I know that you want a pontoon boat, and I want a mud boat. I've got a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw a mud motor on it." But yeah, it was that one was fun. I've I have like I said, twenty years. I've I would love to go back and just do highlights. You know, yeah. different crazy stuff <laughs> that's going on. And um, this morning, I I did a thing on my story today, just different pictures of different people and all that stuff. You know, and um, I was like, man, February is going to be twenty years, and I'm going. That's the craziest thing. You know, never in a million years you ever think it. I'm like, so, I see these pictures, and I'm like getting all sentimental and stuff i'm like wait a minute in your in your 20 years what's the most jack wagon modification you've ever seen made to a boat and dragged into your shop where you're like what the <laughs> hell do you do i'd have to think about that one have you had some I, doozies those are pretty rare i've had probably one of the top five would be that pontoon boat you know gator that track. actually sounds good though that's not i was looking for something like dumb that's just innovative so Probably the smallest boat that I've seen a big motor on is Jordan's. That figures. <laughs> His boat's only like 16 feet, 8 inches long. It's 1544 otherwise without the hunt deck on it. Yeah. You know? and, I think it's actually it's actually close to 19 with the hunt deck on it. Yeah, it's like, it's, it might be a seven, 16 40 it's a 17, 17 yeah. feet, 8 inches. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, as far as... I guess the craziest one, he's been coming a couple years, but he took an old tracker boat, tracker bass boat, and he welded these like float pods down the side of it and did all this stuff to it and built this crazy looking transom, you know, whatever. And, and um, all he does is run up the river and runs the boat around everywhere and, and just, and it's silver. I mean, it's not even painted. It's nothing. And he's got these welded in seats that they sit in and his kids ride in it and all that stuff. And it never really went fast with the motor that he had on it. Well, he bought a brand new motor. We put it on there and I took it out and that joker porpoise and jumping up and down. I'm like, you need to weld a couple more plates right on the back back here and you'll be okay. Just bend them down a little bit. <laughs> but, it's like he got, so was, he, like he got carried away with the welder and just, yeah. Oh yeah. He added more shit to that boat and I'm looking and going, well, it was all smart that you put on there, but holy hell. You know. <laughs> so he welded pods on the side? Yeah. Yeah, they came off the back, and then they ran down the side, right down the center of like where your spray rail would be on a boat. Huh. But a bit unsinkable, I'd imagine. I don't know about that. They said that about another boat at one point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Every like boat at sinks. the bottom of the Atlantic. So the, the, the common misconception with flotation some people say it floats higher in the water. Put more in it. Not the truth. Not not the facts. It's not how but buoyancy works. You've got you've got no flotation, level flotation, and full flotation. All of these boats manufactured are mostly level flotation. You know what level flotation means? No. Sinks level. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, you can find it though. <laughs> it means it sinks level. But then your full flotation are your boats like Carolina Skiff, Ranger Bass Boats, you know, Skeeter and all those guys. They'll they'll float cut in half. You know, Got it's, it. It's just amazing stuff. But but yeah, and so everybody's like, well, should I get flotation in my boat? And I'm like, mm, 
and you save about 300 bucks, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like. Keep you from having to pull it out down the road when it gets soaking <laughs> yeah, wet. Yeah, when it gets soaking wet. But, yeah, so, you know, there's. And the crazy thing is the Coast Guard, they want you to have flotation in the boats. They're pushing legislature to try and make it mandatory in all these boats. So it's all full flotation? Mm-hmm. Until yeah. it gets old and water-sided. Yeah. And, yeah. And then it's, it's – but level flotation just means it sinks level to the bottom. Got it. You know, you'll get – there's some that you'll swamp them, you know, and it won't sink as fast. You know, it'll, Yeah, it'll I got work. one of those. Yeah, but I've swamped it. Yeah, once, yeah, once uh, real bad, and yeah, told that story a couple times. But now there's like, I was used to throttle up, turn the bilge pump on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. pull the plug and ride out. I've yeah. done that too in a little oh, tiny yeah. one with no flotation. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. But 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 now the maintenance, you know, just just do your normal stuff. You know, don't. I have one today. Came in the shop. Guy was like. Man, it always seems like it takes ten or fifteen minutes to get it warmed up, and then it runs perfect. But I'm scared to death up to that whatever time that takes. I'm like, so how old your motor? He goes, well, I bought it when it had thirty hours on. I said, okay, cool. I said, um, have you ever done a service to it or anything like that? And he goes, no, I've only put about you know seventy hours on it. I'm looking at him. <laughs> like, you know, you're supposed to change your oil every fifty, right? He's like, he's like, really? I'm like, have you ever adjusted the valves? Um, no. I'm like, hmm. I said, well, let's start checking stuff. So, and he had driven down from Georgia. And I was, and he was scheduled, you know, we've had to do a whole scheduling thing with the eight and a half weeks out and that kind of thing. And I'll call people five at a time, say, hey, you're up, bring it to me. And so far that's worked, but it's still, again, it's like eating an elephant and you feel bad because you really want to help the customer, you know, there's guides that they can't wait that long. You know, that's how they make their money. This is their time of year to do it, you know. So he comes down, shows up at the scheduled time that we tell him to do it, ask him all these questions. Well, we pull the valve covers off, check the valves on it, because he said, I don't think they've ever been done. His valves on both sides were at more than 13 thousandths on it. They weren't even close to what they should have been factor, you know what came out of Briggs. So we start going through it and we find some stuff. We find that his tanks pressurized, you know, all these built in fuel tanks, the EPA has managed to screw that up. But so we fixed all that for him and adjusted the valves and uh, turned the motor over and he goes, Holy crap, that thing started beautiful. And I said, yeah, when you take care of it, (laughs) it takes care of you. And I'm like, you got to do your 50 hour service. You got to, you know, so then he was like, Oh man, he goes, I'm learning something today. He goes, well, how often would you do this? I said, just depends on how much you use it. I said, but I recommend if, you know, every hundred hours, change your spark plugs, do your valve adjustment, you know, every 50 hours, you know, check your grease, grease in your shaft regularly, but, Every 50 hours, make sure you go through and you purge any old grease out and, you know, do your thing. And um, took it out there to the to the lake. And we were in Lake Dexter today. It was absolutely horrific with the wind. Oh, yeah, and I he, bet. He looks at me. He goes, you're, you're going to go test that boat in this? And I said, yeah, you're not putting in? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, I guess I got to now. <laughs> so, so we dumped the boats off. And we're running across. I get to the lee side of the lake where we can run in Dexter and not get beat to death. 
and we're running down through there and I'm testing a turbo that we had put on a boat and he's testing his boat and there were two of us in, in the boat. I like to test them with a load and there were two of us in the boat that I was driving and he was behind me and he's running up. So we, I slow down and I tell him, Hey man, I'm going to be going back and forth for about 15, 20 minutes, you know, testing this, making sure everything's good. I said, are you cool with that? And he goes, yeah. He goes, dude, my boat hit 31. It's never hit 31. <laughs> I'm like, well, you got to take care of it. Yeah. You, gotta, yeah. you have to take that time to do it as much or aggravating as it is. You have to do it. Every, every summer when we go up north to Panhandle and stay in these cottages, there's always, there's always someone that brings a boat. They've spent whatever thousand, you know, which to add in the rental and your, your yeah. food and they drag their boat all the way down here. And then the boat don't work. Yeah. And it's on the trailer the whole time. It's like, because you didn't want to pay a couple hundred bucks. Either you do it yourself or take it to a guy. I mean, you can get the full service, 800 bucks, right? I mean, that's top to bottom on your motor. So you didn't spend that. And now you're on the beach. Yeah. You're watching everybody else enjoy it. Yep. Well, gentlemen, you got any closing thoughts? (laughs) Closing thoughts. Take care of your shit. That's all I got. <laughs> we haven't covered that today. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Turn around and say that into a mirror. There ain't one in here. There ain't one in here. No, I have since I learned that, you know, that. I think the you, most yeah. dejected I ever saw him was the one mud run we were on. You just welded that head. You're like, you're like, dude, I think I got it. I said, cool, man. Go get him, cowboy. Broke canal, you know? yeah. He didn't even make it out the canal, and I and I'm I'm like I I was the last one bringing up the rear. That's what I do, and I make sure everybody's okay. And um, he, he was like one of the first out of the canal, and he already had somebody attached to his boat and was dragging him. Dragging in. him back. I yeah. look at him and I'm like, "Are you cool?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just looked at me, and I think I was the only one in my boat that day. I, I think like, you had a chance with you. He might, yeah. yeah. Oh, Chance and one of yeah. his college buddies. Yeah, I said, man, I should go back and get him. <laughs> <laughs> no, luckily I'd had Corey Love with me, and yeah, he towed me back, and he was like, "You gonna put it on the trailer?" I said, "No, we're gonna push it on shore, and if it floats away, I'm done with it." <laughs> <laughs> but and he, when he was asking me if he could weld it, I was like, "Man, I can't get you a performance head, but I, I would put a new head on there." We ended up finding a set of used heads in a shop, and they've been yeah. on it ever since. Yeah, yeah, those were good heads. That um, I think those were. I forget whose those were. I bought them. I thought them. they were Boat Doctor. They're uh, they probably were. They, they had like a couple hundred hours on them or something. But yeah. yeah, it was probably a motor that cracked or split, and I bought. You know, I'll buy blown up blocks if the the parts on it are good. You know, I buy them just for you know, like for you. I'll yeah. pay for them, and then I sell them when I pay for. Now, uh, on the rare occurrence that someone doesn't know how to find you, Sid, and you're in the southeast, because, <laughs> I mean, it's it not like we're just sitting here in Florida and, and uh, somebody knows Sid. You can be anywhere in the southeast, and they've heard of Fast Duck Motors. But you uh, can, We picked up somebody in Brazil this week, so. Oh, did yeah. you really? You're international. <laughs> no <today>. kidding. <laughs> I'm international, baby. woo Um, No, you can find me anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Like I said, I've got a great little girl. Her name's Casey, and uh, she does an awesome job. All my crew does an awesome job. 
And but uh, but Casey has, like you said, you noticed a big difference. And I couldn't tell you how many people called me and said, "Hey, uh, who who's picked up the the online press? Yeah, social media." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? You don't think I'm capable of that? And they go, Sid, we know you. (laughs) And I'm going, I'll have you to know. Her name is Casey. (laughs) But, um, but no, but she, we're, we're on Instagram, Fast Duck Motors. Um, I've got a website, fastduckmotors.com, um, Facebook. Uh, I've got my own page at Sid Thyssen. You can reach out to me on there. You can reach to, you know, on any of those. Um, we've we've added on the website now, which is kind of unprecedented. We've added a quote building software that we developed and put on there. You can go on there, fill your boat out, add what you want on it. He's looking right at me. All that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can do all of that stuff, and it'll give you a quote. And you can mix and match. Like if you want to do a Gator Tracks with a Pro Drive motor or a Pro Drive with a Gator Tail, it doesn't matter. You can add all that stuff in. And it'll give you a a uh, price, you know, based on that. And Lori works hard to make sure that she keeps current pricing in there. And we're not telling you when you call in, hey, I did the quote builder. But the nice thing about it is it does send me an email with what you've picked out. Once you've said build this quote, it'll send it to me. And, it'll, and I can look at it. And then when you call me or I reach out to you and say, hey, I got your, your thing. Did you have any other questions? That kind of thing. It's kind of simplified it for you. And then if you got questions, I'm always there for questions. That's a big thing. And um, I don't want anybody to think I'm kind of alienating them. You know, it's kind of like press one. If you want to talk to here, press two, if you want to go to there. And I don't want it to be that because I still like that, that one-on-one. And I'm going to walk you through my yard and look at every boat that's there if you want to. There's a lot of them. I'd say that probably the, if you're calling fast duck motors, they don't immediately get a hold of you. The worst you're going to get is, I, I want to talk to Sid. You can say, hang on just a second. Sid! <laughs> <laughs> Lori, every day. Lori has, she's been with me through thick and thin for 20 years, right? She probably knows as much, you know, not far as mechanical goes. But she can find you your part. She can tell, you know, you tell her what the model type and code of the motor is. She's going to say, so people are kind of taken aback because they don't know that she's my better half and she's been there for 20 years. But they'll say, <laughs> and she gets so irritated with it. And I just laugh. I think it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. But there's one guy that, that calls, you know, he called in one day and he's like, yeah, I need to get a fuel pump for my motor. She goes, okay, what's your model type and code? He goes, I don't know. She goes, well, I can't get it for you. And he's like, you're not going to help me? She goes, no, I need to know what motor you got so I know what fuel pump you yeah. give me. <laughs> and the guy was like, I just need to talk to Sid. And she, okay, well, he's busy with another customer. I'll have him call you back when he can't. Oh, I can't talk to him now? No. Well, my model type and code is 613-477. And he proceeded to tell her. And, and she's like, you know, you could have just told me that from the beginning and I could have helped you, you know. <laughs> And she's, she gets so aggravated because there's some people that just, they're like, oh, you're a girl. I don't need to talk to you. Right. You know, but she's very knowledgeable in the parts and she knows the pricing way better than I do. She'll tell you if I quote you something that's from 2010, you know, because <laughs> like, they, pricing has changed so much in the past three years. It would blow your mind how much that has changed through the years, you know, um, you got boats. Like I said, my first boat that I sold was $9,500. That was a complete rig. Taxes, everything. Can't and even now, get a motor or a new motor for that. Sold. Anymore. No. Yeah. Not at all. 
Not at all. I got guys that bought Gator tracks from me back in 2003, 2004, and selling them for more than what they paid for them. <laughs> I don't doubt it. No. And it's, it, it again, that's the stuff that blows my mind. You know, I'll t- I have one guy ask me what he thought his boat was worth. I said, let me do an evaluation on it. So I go and I look. I'm like, how much is this boat worth? 24000 He paid eighteen five. I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> well, I, I did the same thing just doing a quick search on that boat, 2014 G3, I bought. Yeah. And the when I just go out and see what they're selling for, I'm like, because I track everything quick, and I'm like, yeah, I've had a free boat. If I were, if I were to sell it right now, mm-hmm. I, there's not even a lost opportunity cost, yeah. and I got all those hours on it. So. But the but the problem is replacing it. You're gonna pay three yeah. times yeah. what you paid for it. You know, what you sold it for probably actually. You know, no, I. That's part of the reason why I don't have one. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, anybody got anything? Uh, anybody got anything else? We covered an awful lot tonight. We did. Yeah. There's been a lot of crap thrown around here. Yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy you guys. I really do enjoy you guys. Oh, I'll dude, tell we love Will, you, I was telling Will while you stepped out a minute ago. I was like, dude, I don't get any of the lives anymore. Have you guys not killing anything? We ain't been duck hunting this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you guys never did any lives on the Swanee either. That's oh, wow. we don't. There's no phone signal. Yeah. Oh, sure. There, I mean, it's slim to none the whole entire river. <laughs> Actually, we should. That is going to be May first through the seventh. Oh yeah, that's out now. No, May third. Third through the seventh. I was going to say, I thought it was the third of the fourth. Yeah. Third. Going to go this seven. year, Sid? Man, I don't uh, know. Quit making excuses. You got plenty of time. <laughs> so, so here, my goal, my goal for next year, I want to finish my slam and turkeys. Hmm. Fair enough. We're not going until May. Where are you going? You going after Miriam? North Dakota doesn't open up till May. There's <laughs> <laughs> snow on the ground there till May. Yeah. But but no, if I can swing it, I'd love to go. Are you chasing Miriam? Is that what you got left is Miriam? I've got uh, Rio and Miriam, and I'll be done for the for the slam. Well, the Rio, that won't take you long. No, in fact, there's a, there's a pretty good Texas outfitter that I found that has a lot of them on there, and I'm trying to take a couple guys with me when we go. See if we can't kill one. I love Rio's. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I'm over here. Yeah. It's like, hey, come on this way. I was laughing. One of my buddies that went last year, and he's trying to kill a turkey in every state. So he's got like 30 of them. 30 different states he's already got. Yeah, it's crazy for me. But then I got to thinking about it. I'll kill a turkey in Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, not Louisiana. Um, where was it? I've got like ten. Out of all the states, you ain't killed one in Louisiana. No, they're they're kind of north, and where I, when I go to Louisiana, I go there to eat <laughs> yeah. and fish. That's, that's yeah, all I do. Yeah, but um, but no. So I want to try and kill those last two, and then uh, um, hopefully. But the one guy that went to North Dakota last year, he drove all the way out there. I said, you are crazy. You know you can stuff one of them in your carry-on. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, man, I ain't doing that. But he went out, and he goes, he goes, I don't think these people in the West know how to call because these turkeys are stupid. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, dude, we went out. The guy took me out. He goes, just sit right here. And he goes, he started calling, and I was like, what the hell is that? 
He goes, I've never heard a turkey sound like that. Real high pitch. Geek, 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 geek. Yeah. But he said it was horrible. And I said, why didn't you record it so I could hear it? And he's like, he's like, man, I didn't think about it. I was, I was too all surprised. So the guy calls the turkey in. He's hunting with a 410. He misses. And it was the only bird that was there, right? And the guy's like, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do now. We're going to have to move in a different spot. And he's like, you mind if I try calling for a minute? So he pulls out his slate. And we got a couple that we love that we call. He strikes that slate for about five minutes. There's about 50 of them coming across there. <laughs> he, out there, I guess you can kill three or four. You know, I don't know how many. It's a bunch is what I yeah. know. And, Three um, in Texas. He shot. He shot his limit out of those fifty that were there. <laughs> he, goes, he goes like, "I was done in thirty minutes, man." He goes, "I asked him if I could go buy more tags." He goes, "This was the coolest thing I'd ever done." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" If you've grown up with Osceolas and Eastern, go out and you hunt Rios. Yeah, they come so much more vocal. Yeah, it's 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 laughable. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna love it. Oh yeah. Well. But if I don't do that and I can swing it, I'd love to come. You come for the three day. We'll bring the whole crew. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But well, I enjoyed it, guys. You guys thank you for joining good. us. Yes, keep, sir. Yeah, it's always good to have you. It's fun. It's fun. The uh you guys do a good thing. So thank you. Thank are you, you doing yeah. I want are we doing the crawfish bowl again? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yearly thing every that's year. That's gonna now. that's yeah. gonna pop up here very shortly. I'm yeah. gonna start planning that and getting stuff out there for it. So Yeah. That's cool. Well, all right, you guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for you. joining us. Yeah, we'll Thank see you. Catch everything. you guys next week. Adios. Have a good night. <laughs>